This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder James Boyd came to give him life. The Blackest Wrestling Podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they're kicking trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in. That's on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit it, talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation The power of the this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all it counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Hey. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 2020 One Nation Radio Awards. It is that time of the year when we give our fans our opinions on the, uh, I don't even know, like, we give them some stuff, they vote on it, we will agree or we disagree. Like, it's a really weird thing. And then we're like, yes, our fan base is either right or we think they're idiots. So this is, this is, where we'll, this is the test. This is the test. How well do we know our fans? How well do our fans know us? Yeah, um, I'm, this is, my favorite show of the year aside from the foa's draft um you know we we get to hear back from you guys a little bit and i i get to count votes for three hours so uh this was a labor of love uh putting this all together and i think we we pretty much you know there uh it seems like in some categories there were like uh there there would be like maybe one um and a couple of them that you know didn't get any votes or you know it didn't really get a lot of support and that happened probably like six or seven times but we have 23 awards so i think that's a good ratio but uh, i'm pretty excited to get into the 2020 edition of the one nation radio award so we've been doing these a while so uh this one will be added to the legacy (laughs) added to the legacy oh no yeah i have the results james does not so yes, as uh, usual, he's going into this blind. Um, I asked him if he wanted the results. He said no. So, um, yeah, maybe we'll, we'll get some more compelling radio that way. Yeah. You know, nothing. I don't think anything tops anything from our uh, award show history than last year when B Priestley was 2019 starting wrestler of the year. Um, you know, so I like to not know her, her official last her. This is her official last time. You know, uh, reigning, you know, as the stardom wrestler of the year, or year. Um, so I just like to enjoy this. Gave me 365 days or, and more of jokes of, you know, an, of an additional, um, things to add to be Priestley when we spot, when we talked about her, when, you know, she's the standard of excellence for stardom for, for that time and she's here to pass it on now. So. <laughs> All right, let's get into it, man. Let's get into it. Straight, straight from the ten up. Award number one, uh, the Shawn Michaels in-ring performer of the year. This strictly goes uh, to the best in-ring performer. Uh, we had eight nominees. Um, I always forget how I do this. Do I say all the nominees or do I start with number three, do the last placed one? 
what the hell should I do here? I mean, I guess you run through last through to, up to placing and then, you know, say who finished third or basically go from last to third uh, and then tell you who won. And then we'll talk about who finished uh, second or we can just do reverse order all the way up. Okay. I, I, on air production media, I'll, I'll go through yes. the names that were nominated, didn't go three, two, one, and then talk of about course. any other uh, interesting things here. So, um, so your nominees were Tomohiro Ishii, Shingo Takagi, Kenny Omega, Maeyu Watani, Hiromu Takahashi, The Young Bucks, Kyle O'Reilly, and Momo Watanabe. So, um, in third place, uh, with 57 vote points, uh, Shingo Takagi. Number two with sixty nine points, the Stone Pit Bull Tomohiro Ishii, oh, and number one with a whopping one hundred thirty four points, one hundred two of them being of the first place variety, the best bout machine, Kenny Omega. So, um, Kenny wins. I, I believe he's picked up versions of these awards before i think he and you know when it was like best new japan wrestler in 2018 which essentially is the same award here um (laughs) um yeah so uh other uh interesting ones so uh the young bucks plays fourth uh mayu watani plays fifth uh with 36 points um and it seems like every everyone kind of got votes here except momo and that may have been you know visibility so shout out to momo watanabe who had one single first place vote um from <laughs> so that's, that was pretty cool that's crazy like i she had a better year shout out to that. she did but you know it happens um i'm surprised mayu did that well i'm surprised she finished fifth um considering she finished you know, ahead, ahead of hiromu and o'reilly and momo yeah that's surprising to me um i voted her second i'm surprised that she ended up um finishing fifth i figured she would you to end up being close to the bottom, but surprising. Um, Kenny makes sense. Uh, he would have been my fourth pick on it. I end up going straight off of looking at it and um, number of quality matches or whatever off cage match going through it, and then like ultimately, I came to a decision like a lot of his a lot of his year was in tags, and everybody and everybody else that's up for consideration is in singles. Um, now the Young Bucks they got nominated because they because of what they done. Like if Maybe if this was uh, Kenny plus Hangman, I probably would have voted them higher, to be quite frankly. But um, because of just, as, you know, it'd be like you can count singles in their tag stuff together. And they, I would have voted for them one first if that was the case. But I ended up going with Kenny fourth, so he missed my place. But the people I ended up putting in was um, Ishii, Mayu, and then Shingo. Who do you end up going with? Uh, mine is chalk here. Um, so I went Kenny, Ishii, then Shingo, and that's kind of what it came out to be. Um, I went Kenny simply because I thought his highs were pretty incredible. I thought for the, you know, straight off the rip, like going into the pandemic wrestling, I thought he was like the leader in America. Um, off the rip, he didn't get a chance to see how it was done. He had to pretty much just show how it was done. And, um, you know, I, I think he had just like a spectacular television resume, uh, which is kind of a different, you know, genre of wrestling. And then all his pay-per-view matches were, you know, pretty great. So, um, Ishii, uh, I went number two on, uh, and that was like for, you know, 
uh, you know, him being Ishii. So, <laughs> and then Shingo, the ne- the yeah. never uh, one there. So, yeah. I went with Ishii number one. Was just like you look at, <laughs> like he just the the sheer number of like great matches he had is outstanding, and then like his top stuff. The only person that has a, that has any conversation for him at the top would be like Okada's two best matches and like Kenny. That'd really be it. I mean, I guess you could say the Young Bucks. I, you know, even though I don't like their second best match as much as everybody else's, but or in my opinion, their third best match. But whatever. Um, yeah, Shingo also has a huge has a pretty good high end as well. I, I can't knock him, but you know, it's just uh, that's kind of what the top four was. Like, period. <laughs> that's kind of yeah. what the top four was. Yeah. So, you know, the everyone was wondering, you know, uh, it was talk, talking down on the best bout machine and all that. And he rolled into 2020 with a vengeance. So congratulations to Kenny Omega. So up next, we've got our WWE Women's Wrestler of the Year. So very interesting category here. Uh, we got Io Shirai. Sorry, you said very, uh, starting you said very in- Rich, starting again, you said very Here- interesting category. Yes, um, because I think you know you've got you've got a big two, then a big four that you can kind of split these ones in. So um, how I broke down here. Mm-hmm. So um, we had Io Shirai, Candice LeRae, Rhea Ripley, Sasha Banks, Bailey, and Oscar. So um, coming in third with seventy nine vote points, Oscar number two. With 109 uh, points, Sasha Banks. And number one with 128 vote points, including 78 uh, first place points, Io Shirai. Yeah, that's exactly my one, two, three. Um, and when you mentioned that there was a t- clear top two, and then after that was a tier of another two, I'm assuming that the person they ended up not placing was Rhea, right? No, it was Bailey. Well, okay. So sure. Bailey, <laughs> sure. Bailey had seventy. Bailey had seventy-three points. Rhea Ripley had twenty-eight points, and Candice LeRae got a paltry nine. So uh, she ate a couple votes at the at the bottom end. She got one single first place vote. I I highly Rhea disagree. Ripley had two first place votes. <laughs> uh, yeah. So um, uh, the, the folks did not like Rhea Ripley's year here. I don't care that they didn't like her year. She had a better year than Bailey's with all the bullshit finishes and her matches and matches that are fucking stupid, but whatever. Like, it's crazy. Like, Bailey was my favorite horsewoman, and I'm just like, no. <laughs> just this year? No. <laughs> like, I'm, I, for all the talk of her character work as a heel and this, that, and the third, and her improvement as a promo, which is actually legitimate, Rich. Have you ever been sent me something uh, your way, or you haven't ever had something sent your way of Bailey as a promo in this in this iteration? Because I haven't. No, it's it, it's very annoying. Right. But um, I actually voted it, Bailey third on mine. Um, like, and the thing for me is just like we get sent shit from WWE when is whether it's good or bad all the time. I I've never got any Bailey stuff except her matches. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, so I, I, I went Sasha. I went Sasha Eo Bailey on that one, so um Yeah, so shouts out to um Io Shirai. So she picks up uh I believe her second in a row. Did she win it last year? 
Yes, she won it last year, and this year she wins it, and she missed the first or she missed two months out of the year after um, catching Tony Storm on a dive where she tore her MCL. So really impressive, very incredible. Um, so there, you know, between her and Sasha, of course, they had a nice little match earlier this year. Um, so you know, where where do you see EO going from here? Maybe um, in the future in the company of WWE. Yeah. Hopefully she stays in NXT and then leaves after that. <laughs> stays in NXT forever. I'm, like, we, I mean, come on, man. Like, are, if we're really going to talk we, about. We know what it is. Like, we talk about her future in WWE's. Like, we just saw what they did with Kyrie and Kyrie's more stereotypically, uh, fits better for the main roster WWE with the comedy she, she can do and the fact that she just flat out a more, uh, conventionally charismatic, um, emotive person in the ring for the cheap seats. Like, that was the one that was like, if she, they're going to fail with Kyrie, I don't give a damn how much better EO is at wrestling matches than Kyrie is. Like, nah. It's, I, I just don't see it. I, um, I think this should have been Sasha's award, personally. Um, you start talking about, like, um, Sasha, and if this were, like, like there's an argument for Sasha to get Flair Thez votes from being the draw that she is. And, um, I know she, her, some of her matches for like a good, you know, block of the year were loaded with bullshit as far as it finishes. But when you talk about feeling like a star and like, you know, being finally climbing the mountain this year, uh, I think this was the year of Sasha, but, uh, the votes said otherwise. I mean, I just think it comes down to like, you know, one's on a quite frankly better promotion for getting booked as a woman, like or brand. Like if you are the top star in NXT in the women's division, you're going to be put in more consistent matches, have better finishes, all that. Like it's just a system thing, right? Like EO has the inherent advantage on that. And like Sasha's there stuck doing you know, wrestling like the same people like 20 times over in like one summer. You know what I'm saying? Like that's kind of the breaks. Yeah. So it's going to be real interesting going into the next award. So the next award, uh, and congratulations to Io Shirai, uh, back to back. Uh, I don't think you, like you start looking at uh, company history and <laughs> it gets real clear <laughs> on, on who, who, uh, you know, the real is here. Yeah. Like there's a, I mean, in history for WWE, there's a clear top six in W history. It's the it's the horsewomen, Oscar and Eo. Yep. So, um, other interesting results. Like I said, Candice had nine points. She was last, but um, Oscar uh, was third with seventy nine. So, um, mean fourth. Up next, uh, Oscar was third. I thought you said that Bailey ended third. Bailey was fourth. So. Oh, okay. All right, all right. Yeah, yeah, you're I right. She was, Bailey was the one that you're didn't right, place. You're, so. right, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. I'm confused. It was close, though. They, okay. they, they, they were separated by six points, Bailey and Asuka. Wow. So that's absurd, but okay. <laughs> people like just people like just end eaters. Like, maybe we should put Bray Wyatt on this thing. Like, oh, you're on TV a lot, so you must therefore be over. That's that's all that comes. That's or you put that. That must mean like cause that's on TV. It is quality. That's what that is coming off to me as. It's like, I okay, if you say so, guys. 
So we had three of those nominees jump into the next category, which is our WWE Wrestler of the Year. So um, our nominees here are Finn Balor, Asuka, Damian Priest, Io Shirai, Sasha Banks, Drew McIntyre, Roman Reigns, and Randy Orton. Um, so coming in third with 65 points, the boss, Sasha Banks. Number two. Second place, um, the tribal chief was, yeah, I botched that one, uh, with 71 points, the tribal chief, Roman Reigns. And number one, with 110 points, including 78 first place points, this is utter domination in this category, Drew McIntyre. So the interesting thing here uh, that I thought I'd tie back into the last award, Sasha finished higher in this one than she did in women's uh, or it was EO winning the women's award, but Sasha finished higher in the overall wrestler of the year award. So that one kind of puzzled me. She finished 10 points in front of her. Oscar also uh, was 53 points. She was two points behind EO here. Yeah. I don't know what the fans are doing or the people, the voters are doing Um, like it's, kind of just you should slot it over to the next side um yeah i ended up i ended up voting I, number I, one. I think i think what happened was you start editing in the guys and then like it just throws everything off from there i don't i don't know i guess i don't know um and another thing is like they're on the ballot like they're right, ne- right next to each other it's like it doesn't it's not like it left your mind and you forgot um yeah so for me i ended up voting drew number one um i had el second i had Roman number uh, three, um, and I thought, and I thought, you know, it was the throws three plus um, plus Sasha as people I was going to vote for, and ultimately I came down to like what did I like the most out of the year from everybody, and like Drew gave me the most consistent year with promos and programs and matches. EO had the, you know, from the second they gave her the belt until now she had the she had the best slate of matches. Um, and then you look at, uh, Roman, Roman had like the best work for a short amount of time. And then Sasha kind of is like a best of all three worlds that those, that one, two and three provided. But ultimately I ended up going Roman over her. That's, that's how I saw it. So I, I went drew Sasha Roman in this one. Um, like I said, I was very high on Sasha's year this year, um, and gave her, gave uh, precedent uh, to her and Drew both being there the full year and Roman he did this mind you missing you know lots of time and not really doing anything notable the first half of the year at all like um uh, I see Damian Priest had uh, zero zero and one, so he had one single third place vote. So maybe it was wishful thinking putting him on the ballot here. Uh, but shout out to the one person that gave him a third place vote. So he, he that man didn't get an ultimate donut here, which would have been the first. Um, <laughs> let me see. <laughs> Finn Balor, the NXT champion uh, all year, uh, finishes with thirty eight points, like square in the middle. Uh, lower middle of the pack finishes behind Oscar finishes behind EO Randy Orton steals a single first place vote here uh, and he ends up with 21 points so uh, he finishes seventh so uh, just thought I'd mention so up next uh, the New Japan wrestler of the year this is the single closest category in the history of the One Nation Radio Awards hmm I that, means, that sounds like we had it down here in New Japan at the top. That's really what it sounds like. <laughs> I 
I have a theory on what happened here, uh, but I will share it after the uh, awards are announced. So uh, our nominees are Tomohiro Ishii, Kota Ibushi, Shingo Takagi, Kazuko Okada, Minoru Suzuki, Romu Takahashi, Tetsuya Naito, and Hiroshi Tanahashi. So coming in at th- number three with 68 points, the time bomb, Hiromu Takahashi. Number two, with 81 points, including the most overall first place points, with 51, total 81 points, the Stone Pit Bull, Tomohiro Ishii. And number one, with 82 points, one single point, the Golden Star, Kota Ibushi. Huh. Um, I'm tempted to check, and I don't know if there's a way for me to do this. How many of the ballots came after in Jan after 5. January the fifth? Yep, yep. That's yep. the only Ishii was leading this thing the whole way. Um, he smoked him in first place points, uh, fifty-one to forty-two. But it looks like those second place ones, uh, Bushi did really well there. Um, along with uh, he. He had uh, 26 there, and then he, he got him down ballot, as they say. He ran him down. So, um, you know, uh, Tessio Naito, let's, let, 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 let's see. Uh, he is he had 51 points, so he finishes fifth. Uh, good on One Nation Radio. Number four was Shingo. Okay. Yeah, my, my one, two, three. Thank y'all for doing y'all job, uh, One Nation Radio listeners. <laughs> my, my one, two, three was, um, first place, Ishii, number, or, or silver medal, um, Shingo, and then bronze goes to Hiromu. How did you have it? I had it, um, I had Ishii, Shingo, Hiromu. Yep, so just like me. Um, yeah, the Abushi thing, Abushi should have finished top five. Um, I would have voted him top four, but you know the Naito thing. So I'd imagine, like, I, if I went into it and thought about it, I thought that like, yeah, Bushi would have finished somewhere in the top five. Um, I'm surprised that he won though. But you know, it's not like he didn't have a great year, but he wasn't booked like someone that traditionally wins this thing. Like he was booked like a loser that so happened to backdoor himself, backdoor his way into the titles. Um, uh, and you know, mm. Ishii got no type of protection at all here, right. but, um, he was just so damn great. It, you, you almost thought it would transcend that. Yeah. He almost stole it. Yeah. And he you was know, this close. <laughs> and you know, there is something to be said about like Ibushi's G1. Like it had such a diversity of different matches in it. The words like there's, there's a little something in story line wise or action wise that's different from the next match to where it's like, Ishii, you already know what it is. It's go, <laughs> right? So I think, I think, um, you know, I, I'm with you on the, you know, the, this is the voting was past the the point, but um, I think there is, but it's not like Ishii, or sorry, it's not like Abushi didn't have a great year, um, in the ring anyway. Yeah. So 64 points for Shingo, um, Okada 27, and Tanahashi nine. Okada and Tanahashi finished bottom two here. Wow. Wow. Um, times are changing here. Um, 
We'll see. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, Tennessee United, so 51 points, finishing sixth. Uh, James, what, what are your thoughts on this, this here? I, I think our listeners, you know, may, may share the same, um, you know, I, I don't know if we're influencing. Um, I don't know, you know, I, I just put it out into the world and this is what came back. It's a little bit but, different from keeping it strong style, uh, but yeah, you know, whole lot I don't know. Um, you know, maybe he lost the belt and people looked around and was like, the people that voted for Ishii or sorry, Abushi was like, yeah, these two matches we got out of um Abushi, like we didn't get that much with Naito last year outside of the Tokyo Dome. Maybe that's what it was, and you know, it's like we got the thing, we didn't really get the thing because Kenta ruined the thing, and then like they were chasing the thing over and over again, and it turned into being a clap crowd with fireworks at a baseball stadium. So I don't know. Maybe it's like maybe it was like people were looking back in retrospect and were like, this shit wasn't really as great as we made it out to be. Like the like him winning the title was awesome and all that, but like the follow through after that wasn't really there in the way that it that we expected it to be. Um. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, I, I did. Like I, I'm not sure. I was aside of the stuff with I was um, evil. I was absolutely shocked when I totaled these these votes up. I was kind of just nonchalantly, oh, oh, it looks like Ichi got this, and then like the I start typing <laughs> the numbers out, and I'm like, hold on, like, <laughs> so, like, and you like were, hold on, what is this? Were you about to stop the count? I was I was gonna have to you know just omit a couple of ballots. You Enough know? of these votes. <laughs> You know, you know, we we gonna make sure, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave these things open and and, and poison my own ballot, you know. Oh, man. but I did not. Uh, fairness will rule the day. Kota Bushi, your 2020 New Japan Wrestler of the Year. So, uh, up next, uh, newcomer of the year. So this is your first year in AEW, WWE, New Japan, or Stardom. And this one was, I, I think. I think you're gonna like this one, James. I, I'm not sure. Mm. We'll see. So uh mm. it was it, it was um uh, shocking results here, so uh to say the least. Um yeah, I would I would just put this on the I don't I, I I'll get into it. So <laughs> our um <laughs> nominees um uh, are Wardlow, John Silver, Ricky Starks, Eddie Kingston, Thunder Rosa, Micah Shuri and Julia. So, coming in third place with 62 points, including the second most first place uh, votes, Julia. Hmm. Okay. With 73 points in second place, Ricky Starks. Huh. That's surprising. And number... And number one, a landslide here. Um, 90 first place points, 115 overall, Eddie Kingston. Huh. Eddie Kingston. Okay. I mean, I get it. Comes in immediate uh, top promo in AEW, or one of the top promos in AEW. Has a great view with, um, the, in the title uh, picture. Makes all the sense in the world. A deserving winner. I didn't. He didn't place for me, but I get it. I get it. Absolutely do. 
Yeah, um, Julia coming in third was a big shock uh, here, and I put that on the power of like looking like a star because I don't know how much everyone's watched Stardom. Like, I think this is the highest someone from Stardom may finish outside of like the Stardom only awards, mm-hmm. and there's a, there's a lot to be said for looking like a star um, because <laughs> because yeah, she I, does. So. Yeah. Um. So what what was how did it shake out for you in the voting? Your um. So vote. I went with. I went with Kingston, John Silver, and then Ricky Starks. So I thought Silver was like, you talk about going from zero to like, this man's like his own, you know, he's his own thing now. Uh, He's got the wrestling. He's got, you know, getting over on being the elite. Like, I thought he was great all year. Um, Ricky Starks was third for me. Uh, I just like his entire persona. Uh, I thought his wrestling was, you know, very solid in uh, everything they asked him to do. But this was Eddie Kingston's award for me. Like, you bring in someone that I feel like is – I know his work doesn't connect with everyone in the same way, but I think he's like – it's amazing how the wrestling world seemingly left this dude behind and then he pulled up like 50 cent in the car uh, this year like oh y'all forgot about me like I've been out here like so <laughs> uh, yeah yeah. so uh, yeah um, other interesting things the war dog Wardlow only gets 25 points I was shocked so where did to that see the war him? dog that low so that placed the war dog in 7th here. Really? Just Seven in front out of, of Mike. Yep. And wow. then Shuri had 26 points, which was one point ahead of him. Uh, Thunder Rosa was number four with 42. Micah finishes in last. Micah got a single first place vote here. A first place vote? A first place vote. Wow. That's wrong, but whatever. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> think about it. Donna Del Mondo is those is Shuri, Micah, in Julia all together <clears throat> like you know what I'm saying like Shuri in my opinion was the second best wrestler second or third best wrestler in stardom this year in all of 2020 uh, or last year um I voted her first for uh new cup for newcomer I voted Julia second like Micah would have been the third best newcomer in stardom this year if we were doing this all only stardom thing so for her to get a first place was like uh, I don't I don't do you not like she's tagging with Shuri all the damn time. Do you not see the like? Whatever. Um, but yeah, like um, yeah. And I voted. I had. I would have voted. Uh, I voted Wardlow third on mine just for the fact that like he just don't miss. Like in in 2020, he did not miss. Every match yeah. he had was effective in what it was trying to accomplish, or even more so than what it was trying to accomplish. So, um, if we were t- if we were going to take up futures type of thing of like. Who is going to generate the most money for whatever promotion they're in over the next two, three, four, five years? I would pick Warlord over every single person on this fucking thing. So, uh. Um, I, I think I would too. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, I mean, I get the Kingston thing and I understand it. And, like, you know, um, if you had asked me who I think was going to win it based on off the voting here, I would have said that I imagine Eddie Kingston was because he he absolutely deserves it. He absolutely has the cri- uh, met the criteria in the words of Isaiah Thomas. So I'm not, I, I'm, I'm it's not even no sour, even no sour grapes. It's just like that's just not how I went with it. But I get it. I absolutely do get it. Absolutely. All right. So our next award is the Dusty Rhodes Promo Cutter of the Year Award. So uh, this one is a two man race. This was a war the entire time. Um, this was just like. 
came down to to the very end it seems like and um lots of lots of votes came in for two guys in particular here i think you guys know who they are um so let's get started with the nominees we got john moxley taz cody mjf randy orton eddie kingston pat mcafee and chris jericho so in third place with 51 points mjf hmm so uh picking up votes um in this year like it seems like if you weren't among the top two like uh there's like this whole dividing class so for eminem or not eminem mjf to <laughs> to come out on top uh is pretty pretty big there and it, he got lots of first place votes to back it up here so um number two though with 122 points 84 first place points the most first place uh points uh here John Moxley. What? And number one with 133 points, 81 first place points, 44 second place points, Eddie Kingston. So Eddie Kingston wins by 11 over John Moxley here. Um, I think that that's nonsense. I think that Kingston should was a clear number two but the clear number one was Moxley seeing how he like what A.D. Kingston did in a <clears throat> what was it a three month span you say three or four months uh, he came in when what uh, I'm saying as far I, as I don't him know getting, when he came in uh, I mean as far as him getting the mic and then being able to talk and really the thing that got him there was the stuff with Moxley so that like build was like three months about right well, they handed him the mic from the first second he got in the company. He got over with that. Okay, fair enough. So you want to say five months? Yeah, at least. Okay, five months. What is five to twelve? <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, what? In the best thing, that, in the best stuff that, like, um, in the best stuff that Kingston did was with Moxley. So it's like they're intrinsically linked, and it's like. The best, some of the best television we saw this year, or some, or in the last few recent years, was the stuff with Moxley and Jericho as well. At the beginning of the year, it's like, did people forget that? I know it's been a long ass year; it's been five years all in one. Long time, but yeah. I, so nah, like, I think that's nah, nah, player, nah, bro. That ain't so. Like, I think one and two much is right, in the but way. I think much in the way in the New Japan thing, um, he ran him down down ballot. Um, he smoked him in second place votes and tied him in third place votes, and that made up for him being down uh, slightly in first place votes. I went Moxley, Kingston, Taz on mine. Taz did not get a single first place vote, which is like a tragedy. Um, <laughs> however you want to slice it, but um, he did uh, finish fourth here. So uh, Randy Orton zero first place votes. Uh, he got four. Uh, points on second place, three in third for a total of seven, finishing in last. Uh, I voted Cody. I voted in third just because, like, the second best promo or talking segment I heard this year was his thing with Beth Phoenix. And then, like, the other one would be the obviously the Moxley and um, what's it called? Moxley and Kingston thing. But I put him there just because, like, as far as there's been so many this was a really good year for promo so like I'm just picked the ones based off the like the ones I know had a shit ton of them and then the ones I like I, that I just remembered so I ended up going with uh, Orton for third yeah uh, Cody with uh, 23 points uh, maybe not having that signature low? promo this year 
I, I think he got I, I'm, hurt. I'm not sure. I think he got uh, hurt because I, I think I don't think he had that signature promo this year, like something that like he's had in the past. But I think also like his best stuff, similar to which is weird because MJF finished, but like I think his best stuff was, you know, the the lead up to the match at Revolution um, at the beginning mm-hmm. of the year, and that, like I said, it's five years ago. And like the thing for me is like with MJF is like. I didn't like the campaign fake Trump shit he was doing with Moxie at all. So it was like, uh, it was like I see in like in you know the what was it the the dance routine with Jericho as well as like there was a lot of stuff I did not like the MJF did this year. Even though I still admit that he's still a great promo, but I didn't I didn't rock with a lot of stuff he did this a significant amount of stuff he did this year. So um, that's why he didn't. Make I like every I liked everything he did um, around the. Chris Jericho stuff. Uh, I didn't vote for him, but because I thought it was too competitive. Uh, Taz got lots of second and third place votes, so mm-hmm. looks like he might have got swallowed up in the Moxley Kingston thing. So people that were yeah. voting for one of those two were forgetting to vote for Taz. But um, think, Taz sixteen and twenty there, and second and third. Think about that. Kingston wins over Moxley, even though. Um, MJF is in, on here in part because of stuff he was doing back and forth with Am with I'm gonna say Ambrose with Moxley. Taz is on here mostly because of the stuff he did back and forth with Moxley, and Kings is on here mostly because of the stuff he did with Moxley. What's the common denominator? John fucking Moxley. <laughs> I can't believe he didn't win this one. This is crazy. All right, like <laughs> they at least they got number the, the they, at least they got the top two right. I guess I, at least they got that yep. part right. So up next, uh, we've got our AEW Wrestler of the Year. So uh, up next, uh, we are, excuse me, our nominees, uh, John Moxley, Kenny Omega, The Young Bucks, Cody Rhodes, Darby Allen, MJF, Hangman Page, and Brody Lee. So uh, coming in third place uh, with 41 points, The Young Bucks. Coming in second place. Oh shit. I lost my thing here. Okay. In second place, uh, with 127 points, the best bout machine, Kenny Omega. And number one with 150 points, a whopping 114 first place points, uh, John Moxley. Okay. So that's the order I had it in, but I don't get it. If your case for John Moxley being wrestler of the year in AEW, like if you're voting for him, your case is that he's this incredible promo, right? <laughs> I I think when you're starting to throw other guys in, that's like, you know, Kingston wasn't in this category and you start throwing guys in and votes starts getting, you know, chipped away. So like Omega and Moxley, um, it looks like uh, Moxley like ran away in the first place votes, but the second place votes, uh, Kenny, you know, uh, chased him down. He had fifty first pl- or second place votes, so mm-hmm. um, I think that would nec- that would change like you know your Moxley thing there, and then other people are not getting votes like Cody, Darby, MJF, like they did very poor mm-hmm. those three. So yeah, it's, not, it's, it's not strictly a you know. No, but I'm saying like uh, obviously this, that's a that's a you know it's a Flair Thez version of um for AEW, and if you are but if you if you are voting for John Moxley like I did, 
is not because he could match up with the Young Bucks or Adam Page or uh, Kenny Omega in match quality because he didn't this year. It was because he was on ever almost like three times every four weeks. He gave you the stand up double or better. Um, so I, you know, I just find it weird that he didn't win best promo after that. I did it. I mean. I would imagine I, I have to see the overlap, but I imagine like if you didn't vote for him number one for best promo this year, like you also had him second or third for AEW rest of the year. I, I, at least I hope that's the case. Otherwise, it's like I don't know what's going on in people's minds. I don't know. Yep. So I went Kenny Mox Bucks. So, um, uh, let's see other stuff cody zero first place votes uh one second place vote uh four points on the third place for a whopping six putting him in seventh place mjf with four zero first place two and two uh, for a total of four hangman got one single first place vote um what did he finish he had a total he finished it looks like he finished fifth uh, fourth was Brody Lee. Mm, okay. Uh, Brody Lee had, uh, looks like he had 18 first place vo- uh, points here. And that kind of like carried him. And he had a lot of third place too. So it seems like if you, uh, and the Bucks. So the Bucks had zero first place points, 24, uh, second and 17, uh, third. So that's where they ended up with third. So I, I, I get how that happened. Everybody's picking either hang or sorry, either picking Kenny or Moxley. I imagine, and then everybody's like, "Well, yep. look, at the, look what the Young Bucks did this year." Yeah, I, I can see how they finished with no first place votes, but finished third. I, I see how that happened. Yep. So, uh, congratulations to to John Moxley. John Moxley, um, you know, he he wore the big belt in wrestling and seemingly this year. You know, you're. While, while they were fucking off with the IWGB title, like the, it seems like the AEW title became the one. So, um, great programs up up and down the year, as James mentioned, just uh, a very consistent promo. And he missed a, a small bit of time, but he headlined uh, three of four pay per views this year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and all in, yeah. you know, various degrees of good matches. And he he really felt like um, at All Out when he was cutting a promo, it may or may not have aired. He really felt like a a real real world champion um, yeah. when he was you know cutting the, the essentially the goodbye promo to everybody. So yeah, like he he did the one thing that like why it's so frustrating watching um, main roster WWE television is like. You don't have to have five star fucking matches or four and three quarter star matches or six star matches, whatever the hell you want to call them, match of your caliber matches in America on top. You just have to have good ass matches or great matches in the main event and, and, and fill it up with quality television and promos that make you want to watch these matches so you get invested in them. And like Moxley, perfect example of why you can be a wrestler of the year candidate without necessarily being like Shingo Takagi or Shuri or somebody like that or uh or the Young Bucks like you don't have to necessarily do that you can't there is a path it's not just a all or nothing thing for diehard fans where it's either five star magic get the fuck out um and Mm -hmm. like you know it's 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 for us or not frustrating but it's like it does it, it does get irritating when you see like WWE apologists like talk like all we care about is like uh, 
like this is impossible or something. Like, like. Yeah, like it's some impossible feat to like do quality wrestling and in in most of the things you do in the in the traditional sense of be a good promo, have really good matches, look and feel like a champion, and and like not look like a goofball. And like this is and John Moxley is not that much of a departure from Dean Ambrose minus like three or four like little small changes. Like this is the reason why he got over to the extent he did in WWE in 2016, where people wanted him to be the guy. And it's like, this is val you know, we talked about this. I've talked about this a few times. Like we were gaslit. We're not crazy. We knew what this dude had. Y'all ran in the other direction because y'all decided to use that to like feed into trying to get Roman Reigns cheered as opposed to like, Hey, let's try to, you know, use it in something Ooh, besides that. Like, you know, if he had, you know, I, I just, and that's no shade against Roman because it's like it wasn't Roman that didn't get over. Roman did get over. It was them that screwed up the, the you know, pushed him to the goal line. Um, but whatever, it, we'll, we'll, I'm tired of rehashing this thing every five, <laughs> five yeah. years. Yeah. But yeah, um, like, so Kenny and the Bucks were great uh, this year. Like yep. those three guys, like um, you know, you, you start thinking about that the tag match. And just everything the Bucks did in the tag team division, cleaning all the way up, up and down the division. Um, like I said, uh, Kenny was around the world going to Mexico as much as he could. I think he had the, the match with Laredo Kid. Uh, he transitioned at the end of the year to win the title. Um, <clears throat> and set off like a new gimmick, like at the end of the, the year and win the Observer Hall of Fame. Lots of stuff. Uh, a, a banner year for him as well. So, um, up next, uh, uh, the AEW Women's Wrestler of the Year. So we got six nominees. So we've got Hikaru Shida, Thunder Rosa, Serena Deeb, Britt Baker, Nyla Rose, and Anna Jay. So before I announce any awards, I will say Anna Jay got two first place votes here. What? The the two of you that gave her those those uh, votes, y'all are deviants. So, <laughs> um, so, uh, she also beat the yoga mom in voting, um, <laughs> which is amazing. <laughs> um, so, uh, Whatever, number three, <laughs> just, just you're supposed to vote with you, with. with Almost, whatever, man. Whatever. 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 So, number three, with 83 points, the doctor, Britt Baker. Um, with uh, 94 points, the second place vote, um, Thunder Rosa. And with 168 points, 147 first place points, uh, a dominant, uh, just like much in the way Rio was last year, Hikaru Shida. <laughs> So you can say this: if you're the AEW Women's Champion in a particular calendar year, yep. you're gonna like beat the brakes off of all your competition. It seems like I believe Sheeta's record was like 21 and one last year, or something like that. She lost a match on New Year's Day where she didn't get pinned, and then never lost again. Did she lose to Riho? Well, that was actually that was the end of, of 2019. Never mind. That was in 2019. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of. Yeah. Um, so ultimate protection and yep. it seems like that paid off yeah um those were that was a clear those were the clear top three and to me Sheeta was a clear winner of this thing going away um, I'm kind of surprised that um 
Thunder Rosa got second over Britt. Obviously, it coincides with, you know, Britt was on fire beginning of the year. Then, you know, she hasn't really quite fully returned to form um, since uh, the knee injury. And then, you know, the summer, or sorry, late summer, early fall is when we start seeing Thunder Rosa. So I, so I, I think it's some recency bias in that, but I get it. Um, those are top three. I don't really have much of a beef, but, you know, they got number one right and they got the top three right, so... Yeah, Nyla Rose finished with 20 points, so she finished uh, fourth here. But the top three, like, it's it's a big drop-off. It, Britt had 83 points compared to uh, Nyla's 20. Nyla, uh, Nyla also got hurt by missing out on those Georgia shows. She got hurt by yeah. that. Like, they, you know. And, and then not getting booked <laughs> yeah. for lots, lots of yeah. years. So Off-cycle. Uh, Off-cycle. Uh Serena Deeb uh, came in last. She had zero first place points, as I mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anna J had six first place points, which is like amazing. Uh, they they love the Anna J. So, um, up next, the Stardom Wrestler of the Year. So let's get to it. So, um, our nominees. Uh, you know, and, and never forget. The 2019 Stardom Wrestler of the Year, V Priestley. She is turning <laughs> it over now. So, uh, our nominees are Mayu Iwatani, Julia, Tam Nakano, Shuri, Utami Hayashista, <laughs> okay. Azumi. No, wait, wait. There's two ways to do it either Hayashishita or Hayashista. Like the mm. first is either one. Pick I'm gonna one. I'm gonna have to figure that out. I'm gonna have to figure that out. Or you can uh, say Utami. You just say call her Utami. That's fine. That'll work. Why, why you think I started calling her Big U? You know. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Momo Watanabe and Starlight Kid. So into the voting. So um, in third place with 61 points, Momo Watanabe. In second place with 80 points, Julia. And number one with 151 points, a whopping 129 first place points, Mayu Iwatani. Finally wins one of these <laughs> uh, here. See Steve Young getting the monkey off her back? <laughs> you know, she, she has come back with a vengeance this year. It, it, she, I, I'm I'm told that Mayu was was upset about uh, losing out in 2019 and the One Nation Radio Awards, and she decided to stick it to everyone and have this uh, year that she had. <laughs> That'd be funny. Like one that, that absolutely ain't true, but imagine if it did. How hilarious it is! Like, oh, so she. After having that closing stretch she'd had last year where she was just like the best woman's wrestler in the world, like from August on. Um, and then she doesn't win this thing. She's like, all right, I got something for you. I will just continue the run. It, <laughs> I will just continue the run for the whole rest of the year. Uh, yeah. Um, and like, I'll just, instead of just being like the best woman wrestler, I'll be like, I'll be a top five wrestler in the world this year, regardless of gender. Um, yeah, she, she's amazing this year. Um, I've never seen a woman wrestler have this kind of like resume in our in the One Nation Radio era. Like it's her. Like I mean, as as a, a as far as watching a promotion and watch someone have that consistent number of matches, I've never seen a woman do that. Not to say that it's not possible, because obviously it just fucking happened. Um, but like the stuff I hear with like EO in two thousand sixteen seventeen. 
um, and like stuff from all Japan or whatever else, and Arisa Nakajima in the past, or what, and other people, Asuka in the past, or whatever else. Like this was a, this was a quote unquote legendary year, um, and this also coincided at a time where like Western fans got more into stardom, and like so it was cool to see like you know go to cage match or go to, um, grapple and start seeing votes for this stuff and start people like putting it on notice and like yeah she like that's like I'm not fucking crazy I'm not just saying that she's as good because I like because I like the, the promotion like nah she's fucking awesome uh and like stardom is awesome um and have some has some of the best matches in the world uh, uh so yeah that was cool um so Julia comes in at number two um she gets 30 first place points um uh 38 second place uh, for a total of 80 uh, looks like the voters did not hold her uh, ice ribbon pass against her uh, too much here. Uh, Starlight Kid with a single first place vote here. Hmm. Um, I think I know who that was. <laughs> <laughs> Do I know uh, this person? Um, so, what's up? Do I know this person? Oh, yeah. I think Jamie voted for Starlight Kid. <laughs> If I had to take, take a wild guess, he's like, "Oh, that's Tiger Mask. That's Tiger Mask's niece." Put yeah, her, yeah, exactly. her in. It's, wait till you see the anniversary, sh- uh, the the promo pre match between Tam and uh, Starlight Kid, the anniversary show. Like she she points out, she's like, "Yes, I am a tiger. Don't don't don't, don't I am." She literally points out, "Yes, this is a Tiger Mask. I am a tiger. I'm not doing a tiger." That's C-play. hilarious. But uh, yeah, um, Julia. From a yeah. from the standpoint of uh, if this were viewed by more Western fans, or more Western fans, like if this was like if this was a show that was on a Western television show, whatever, like We Are Stardom was, um, I think Julia m- would have gotten closer, to more votes uh, for number one. Um, traditionally, like she had these feuds that fit that would fit into the weekly episodic television type thing, night pretty well, especially like with the Tam stuff, and then. The Queen's Quest stuff, um, those are the two best, you know, long-term um, feuds in starting uh, last year. So I imagine that she would have done fair be- better if there were more uh, Western fans watching that were voting in this thing. So, like, yeah, I, I get it. Um, I-, I I get why she finished second. I get it. Absolutely. I'm, sh- I'm sure James wants to know the rest, so I'll go through these for him. So, um, <clears throat> in fourth, uh, Utami uh, finished fourth with 22. Tam finished fifth with mm. 21. Shiri finished sixth with 19. Starlight Kid and then Azumi with eight. Hmm. Okay. So uh, my top three was Mayu, Julia, Momo. I think Momo's resume was just backbreaking. I was tempted to vote for Shiri third, but uh, I thought Momo it just had way too much Like when you start laying their stuff down. Yeah, I went, um, <clears throat> I went Mayu first... Uh, Shuri second and Julia not Julia but Momo third just I just went basically like you know work rate and then like the few between Queen's Quest and Nata Del Mondo like who were the two people they relied on the most to get these things to where they got uh, to peak and it was always Momo and uh, Shuri and like I, I I just love Shuri I just she She's not a replacer for Kagetsu, but I can't think of someone that would have been better suited to fill into that kind of void. Um, just, just great, mm-hmm. just great. 
So up next, our heart Austin Stone, or excuse me, our heart Austin feud of the year. So uh, we had a strong category here. Um, so starting with, we had John Moxley and Eddie Kingston, uh, Queen's Quest versus Donna Del Mondo, Julia versus Tam Nakano, Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton, Undisputed Era versus McAfee Goon, which is fucking hilarious that we put that on the ballot because I assume there are people that have voted on these awards that may not actually listen to the show. They may have just right. come across it on Twitter or something. So them seeing McAfee goon is fucking hilarious. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, John Moxley versus Chris Jericho hangman page versus the elite and golden aces versus dangerous techers. So, um, in third place with 66 points, John Moxley versus Chris Jericho. In second place, tied for the amount of first place votes, this one came down. This was a dog fight, and I didn't know this was coming uh, at all. Um, between uh, our one and two, um, the with 99 points, Hangman Page versus The Elite. And number one with 113 points, as I mentioned, 66 first place vo- points. The difference looked to be the second place and third place uh Votes John Moxley versus Eddie Kingston. Wow. Wow. Um, number one did not place for me, um, but two and three did. Um, so, but yeah, I, I get it. I get it. I, I do get it. Um, it was a little short for me uh, as far as just being a two match deal, but. Yeah, I get it. So, um, with with Marcy and Kingston, I think I don't think we got like better talking segments. This was like this is uh, <laughs> Terry Funk and fucking Ric Flair or uh, Funk and Lawler, or whatever you want to you know name with these guys. Like, it's one of those fuse that goes down. Like, hey, I hope you ever seen this because it's fucking awesome. You play the promos and a few that I enjoyed. Um, you know, with the wrestling and then not necessarily wrestling having to be at the Okada Omega level, but, right. uh, everything else was. So, right. Um, uh, I voted, uh, number one for Hangman Page versus the Elite as well. Uh, and then I voted Mosley and Jericho, then, uh, Eddie Kingston and Mosley. So that was number three for me, but, uh, I think people may have forgot about Mosley versus Jericho. I thought that was that, you know, a karate movie playing out over <laughs> six or seven weeks. Um, <laughs> And Hangman Page versus the Elite. I remember not even thinking about it at first until James brought it up. And then I thought about it just like, this is really engrossed the fucking year and <laughs> on the low. And then it, they got the same amount of first place uh, points as the winner. So it was, it was very interesting how that played out. Um, a little bit down ballot. Uh, let's see. Uh, we had the bottom two were from Stardom. So Queen's Quest uh, and Donald Mondo finished last. And then Julia and Tam finished above that. Um Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre from uh, went just above that. Uh, then Golden Ace Dangerous Techers, and then Yui and McAfee Goon finishes fourth. So hmm. I think they got it right. Though. Like I, I, I don't feel like you know. I feel like as long as one of the three I pick because those are three like great feuds, and one of them, I and I think Hangman Page versus the Elite is is kind of an untraditional feud because it was like all right, right. they did the match early and then it just kind of kept going but they didn't necessarily like wrestle each other again Until but it was just the, still going the, the final for the contendership uh yeah 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 i get you mean um 
Yeah, like I uh my my one, two, and three was uh Tam versus Julia, uh uh the inner circle versus Moxley, and then um Adam Page versus um versus the elite. Like I mean, like I'm not I'm not about to be like y'all are wrong, y'all should have voted for this starter match and y'all didn't watch. Like I'm not gonna do that. So it's like I, I <laughs> no, like the the one that's what I expect would have been the three. So mm-hmm. I get it. All right, let's change the tone of these awards and let's get to one of the fun awards here. Uh, it is time for the Savage Banks Best Dress Ring Gear Award. So, um, if you guys listen to the synopsis, I was very adamant, um, uh, that, uh, there was someone was included here. They did not end up placing, but they finished just outside that. So I do feel validated. Um, so let's get to our nominees. Um, Sasha Banks. Bianca Belair, The Young Bucks, Britt Baker, Kenny Omega, Cody, Roshi Tanahashi, and Will Ospreay. So, with 60 points, 31st place points, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Y'all really like that gear. Um, in second place with 79 points, 33 first place, 38 second place uh, points, Bianca Belair. And number one, you already know who it is. We put her name on the awards this year, and she backs it up. Uh, the boss with 125 points, 90 first place points, Sasha Banks. An all-time gear year. Even in a pandemic, she takes no, no, no days off. She takes no weeks off uh, of just five shit that she wears. Um, uh, Bianca made her own gear. You can think of the, the Black History Month stuff, the Raw gear, the SmackDown gear that she had, the Gold and Black gear that she had, the Red and Black gear that she had. Yeah, I uh, I'm looking at my votes, and apparently, like it says that I only put in a first and second vote. I didn't put in a third place vote. I, um, ah. it's weird. Like either way, my third place votes would have been Sasha, but um. I end up going Osprey one, Bianca second, and Sasha third. Sasha at this point is kind of like LeBron or Shaq and, or Jordan is like, all right, I don't, I'm not, I don't think this is a, it's a pretty better thing than what I've seen from you in the past. And it's like I, I was more turned up by like the stuff Bianca did. And then like the best, the best single ringer I think I saw this year was um, Osprey. So I end up going with that as number one. Um, yeah, and and I figure you know, like you figure Sasha's already going to get votes, so you know, vote for something <laughs> else. I, I can I can easily see that you know coming yeah. into play. But um, Tanahashi at third is cool. I mean, he's somebody that um, he I think he's underappreciated in that in that sense. Um, I think he has some of the best ring gear. I think I, I mean he, I don't think I've ever seen him not in great ring, ring gear. But um, so it was cool. I'll especially. tell you why I think he's underappreciated. I think Cody's unappreciated here. Um, he Cody only finished year? with 20. Uh, I'm not sure. I'll have to check on that. But um, he only finished with 23 points here. Uh, I think they may have, he may have suffered from some of the more of the same, but I think he always looks like, like a star, always looks very professional, always like kind of just like real shiny. And, and I, I, I think his gear looks great. Um, <laughs> so. That man looks shiny. All right, so I know what to tell Josh uh, when he when he you know makes it makes it big leagues. Hey, bro, have you ever heard of Platinum Fubu? <laughs> Bitch, you know. Have you ever, have you ever heard of early two thousands Avarex? We will, we will have this man shining out here. 
Yeah. Catch rich eye. Oh. He look like a star. He look like money. That boy shining in the light. Shining, shining soup man. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, oh, uh, so finishing fourth. Uh, the Bucks finished with forty points. Um, I love the Bucks gear. Uh, this year, uh, Britt Baker finishes in last with 18. Kenny Omega pulls 32 points out, so he finishes in fifth. Uh, Will Osprey finishes in sixth. Cody is seven, I believe, and then Britt Baker's eight. So, uh, thank you guys for voting on that award. We take that stuff very seriously, but Sasha adds another one of these to, to I, I don't know how many of these she's won, but, uh, this is domination. You know, she's just, won more than, she's won at least three of them, at least. And I'm not saying at least yeah. like I'm pretty sure she's won more than that. And, and then remember, y'all robbed her one year uh, oh, yeah, with, with, with the Velveteen Dream. Dream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know. And speaking of the Velveteen Dream, let's get to our next award: the Put Him in a Coffin Award. <laughs> this one is for the wrestler that needs to start over, or start completely over, or go away. So, uh, this was. This played out kind of interesting. Uh, when I when I tallied these up, I thought we may see a little bit different results, but nevertheless. Um, so our nominees: Evil, Dexter Loomis, The Undertaker, Velveteen Dream, The Fiend, Natsuko Tora, Jeff Hardy, and Nia Jax. So finishing with forty nine points, your third place, The Fiend. Hmm. It seems like y'all finally got got tired of that wacky bullshit. I see. Um, number two with seventy six points, thirty three first place points, thirty four second place. Nia Jax. Wow. I, I didn't see that one coming, but I mean, she, you know, she's. I feel like she's always a threat. Well, you know, I mean, if we you know. Have to put her on the ballot this year. Well, you know, like she did fucking gash open Kyrie's head over the summer. Just like that was, you know, that just felt like it was two years ago. Yeah. And number one with a bullet, 136 points, uh, with 84 first place points, 42 second place, the Velveteen Dream. He shouldn't even be on television. Yep. And from what I gather, it's all fucking true. So. He's he got to go. Like, <laughs> okay. So how did your how did your battle look for placing? Um, I voted evil number one, then Velveteen <laughs> Dream, then the Fiend. Okay, uh, my number one was also evil. Uh, my number two, <laughs> my number two was Nascotora and Rich. Once I want you. It's going to suck, but I but I want you to watch her white belt title challenge at the anniversary show against um, Julia, and you'll be like, uh, and, you'll be, me and, and you will see why I put her at number two. And like, they're more. She's she's getting she's becoming more and more like evil than before when I was even making those jokes. Uh, and then number three for me was Velveteen Dream. Velveteen, like my, I basically most of a this person turns on to comes on the screen. And I'm just like. How much am I dreading them being there or on my screen anyway? Um, Velveteen in real life situation circumstances should absolutely have won this. I just voted with, I see them on my screen in a wrestling promotion on a wrestling product. And I'm just like, this is gonna fucking suck. And Velveteen 
sucked in real life and also sucked in the ring when he was in the ring uh, this year as well. Um, I whatever, like it, it shouldn't matter. He shouldn't be on the TV to suck anyway. But I see why he was on number one, and I'm just wrong on that. He should have been number one on this thing. Yeah, um, this is like. I've never seen someone go from where he was in 2017 as a prospect to in 2020 now. Like this feels like some Tyree Evans. This feels like this feels like some Tyree Evans shit. But worse. Do you remember the? um, You mean Antonio Brown, right? Or no? Um, Because Tyree Hill is in the playoffs right now, balling. No, no, no. I meant Tyreek Evans from oh, the NBA. Oh, like, had your yeah, 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 rookie yeah. of the gotcha, year. Gotcha, gotcha, and then, gotcha, like, gotcha. watch out the league. Yes, gotcha, gotcha. Um, yeah, my bad. Yeah. Uh, do you remember TakeOver 31 when he's in the room, Kushida? And he, and because of, you know, the Doc Brown, uh, you know, uh, Back to the Future thing, he had, he spray paints yeah. his hair, uh, Silver and then it's running out his fucking face, so he looks like a tin man. And you're like, what the fuck is wrong with this dude? Like, he's tweaking. He don't even feel TV. His gear, his gear regressed. Everything regressed with this guy. And he shouldn't be on TV to regress any damn way. So this is all bad. Like, Correct. this is a reason. Reg- I think regress this is like, the fuck off, off the screen. I think that this is the one time on this show's history when we have fan voting where I will just flat out say it. We voted for evil number one. We both did. We were wrong. The fans were right in this case. <laughs> Get this motherfucker off TV and never put him back on. So, yeah. yeah. Y'all were right. I'll, I'll, you know. We uh, were the evil suck, but like We messed yeah, it up. Our apparently, band. yeah. We fucked this one up, but... um other interesting notes, uh, Nasco Torre did finish with 11, uh, points. She had two, she had six for, uh, second place, five third point place. I'm sure you were interested in that, James. Um, The Undertaker, uh, barely misses finishing, uh, you know, uh, uh, third by, by finishing with 44 points and had his Joe Rogan interview dropped like two months ago. He may have threatened the fiend, uh, Dexter Loomis with a, with a paltry 33 so he's right square in the middle you know just just hanging on just here for no reason like See, in real life he got um because all the nxt bullets were shot at velveteen and not him that that's what spared him that is what spared him yeah jeff hardy got 20 so um <laughs> evil had 39 so like he was he was hanging around there too in the middle uh, much like he should be in real life, but I, um, I still contend that like the non-problematic people like Undertaker and Velveteen Dream, like if we throw away all the people that like are just problematic or toxic or whatever else, and we just talk about based off of the product that they're on and what they add to it or really subtract from it, I still feel like Evil should have won if we exclude hey, toxic people. So what you saying? So what you're saying is, in a way, we still right. No, 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 no. We just got to be wrong on this one. I'm just saying, like, hey, I want to give a shout out to. Good. Good. No, I was, I was gonna say like, I want to give a shout out to Baron Corbin for getting off of this list <laughs> this year. And I don't know if that was by accident he got off of this, or it was just like everyone else. We got more trash to evaluate. Bruh, this is a special. I don't know, but he did not get nominated. 
this was a special year. He didn't do anything. Um, like basically, once the once Roman left, there was no reason to even talk about him the rest of the year. Um, so he had that going for him. And then you also have all of the speaking out people and all the people that somehow skated past the stuff that they were uh, um, accused of and speaking out. So like, we got to get the motherfuckers off off here. So like, we asked people on here, like, we, like Velveteen Dream, like, if not. For, if not for the part where he shouldn't be on TV, he wouldn't be on this thing. It's like, well, yeah, like, get him the fuck over here. Like, so, like, this was a special year, a special shitty year for people that shouldn't have no business being on a fucking screen. So I think that helped, that also helped Corbin. Him and also not getting TV time. It's crazy. Take him, reduce yeah. his minutes. He sucks less. <laughs> hey. Hey. You know. It, hey, you know, the last couple of years, you know, Corbin was, was cleaning up in this category yeah. and, you know, maybe he'll come back refreshed, you know. I hope not. Um, I actually I actually would like there, to watch. I actually would really like to watch WWE main roster again, but I'm not going to if it stinks. So, like, no, if 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 this takes, <laughs> if this actually like turns things around, don't put him back on fucking TV. So up next, uh, possibly my favorite award of the One Nation Radio Awards every year, uh, straight from my mind, the Jeff Jarrett Finesser of the Year Award. So this is uh, the elite level working style award. Who took advantage of their situations to get the most out of them? Who worked their way into big spots? And who was the swiftest business person to to find a way when there ain't no way? You seemingly <laughs> find a way. So. Isn't it, isn't, it, yes. uh, uh, isn't that Clark Atlanta's motto? Uh, uh, no whatever. Idea. I can't remember. I, 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 I think it's like if we, uh, if you can't find a way, make a, make a, if you can't find a way, make a way. I think that's their um, credo. Whatever. You can continue. Yeah. So, um, man, I. Yeah. Okay. I guess. Yeah. 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 All right. I was looking at my ballot and then looking at the results, but, um, let's go through the nominees. Uh, number one, Don Callis aligns with Kenny Omega and ushers in impact, uh, AEW partnership. Roman Reigns turns down the universal title, leaves for five months, turns heel and gets the title anyway. Goldberg turns one rating into the universal title in a WrestleMania match. <laughs> Which is still fucking hilarious. Um, Edge runs, or excuse me, um, AW runs dynamite in Florida after WWE donates to Florida Trump Super PAC. That one got a good laugh out of. <laughs> I will never mind. Oh, actually, no, it was the Edge one that got a good laugh. Um, <laughs> so, uh, the Good Brothers picked the greatest friends in the world. Bruce Prichard lies and scams his way into running Raw and SmackDown. Edge tells Vince about AEW and gets a three-year deal. And Rey Mysterio gets his whole family paid. So who are the elite-level workers here? Your votes say. With 47 points, Edge tells Vince McMahon about AEW and gets a three-year deal. (laughs) With 75 points, 45 first place, 24 for second, Roman Reigns turns down the Universal title, leaves for five months, turns, and still gets the title. <laughs> That's funny. And number one, with 108 points, 63 first place, 36 second place, 
The Invisible Hand, Don Callis, aligns with Kenny Omega and ushers in Impact AW Partnership. <laughs> Woo! Um, I voted for AW Runs Dynamite in Florida after WWE donates to Trump Super PAC because WWE paid like $15 million Thank to you. do that shit and AW paid zero. Um, Thank you. <laughs> however, uh, seeing the way the voting shook out, it, I think they got it right again. Um, Don Callis turns like impact like into like getting dates on Kenny Omega and now a private party showing up and um, they're just, they've inserted themselves into uh wrestling conversation the way they've never been, you know, at least in a very long time. Like it was regimes ago. So uh, yeah. Finesse of the year, Don Callis. Incredible. Yeah, um, I, I, it didn't crack it for me. Um, like, I, I get by saying why he should win it because of the relative success of, like, you got, you know, this, but if we're talking about relative finessing for a huge major come up, then, like, I would like to point you towards Bruce fucking Pritchard, but whatever. Um, yeah, Pritchard plays for me. I think he finished second. AEW, uh, running in Florida is number one for me. And then number three was, uh, Edge. Uh, so, um, like, you know, I, I just disagree with the, with the Catalyst thing. Um, I just think, I don't think he's, I don't think he, I think the part for Finesse for me is like, you have to also like be pulling the wool over other people's eyes. And I don't think like Khan and Kenny are getting taken. Right, like I think they're fully mm-hmm. aware of what they're what, of what they're doing. So it's like I don't, uh-huh. I don't like how much of it is finesse when it's like they're they're like yeah we see what you're doing go for it like we don't care like I, so it's like so for me I guess it's I, you know it's it's, all, it's just a you know that's just a semantical thing but like uh, that's why I didn't vote for it. So uh, coming in last, it was the Good Brothers picked the greatest friends in the world. I think that was massively undervalued here. Um, That should have got votes or more votes. Like this one, this one not only reflects 2020, but this reflects like 2016 till now. Um, This is years in the making them being on this ballot. Yeah, yeah, like that is like. They get like, paid bro. in WWE twice for, from, from with AJ. They're selling pay-per-views by telling you they're going to have a shitty pay-per-view. They've done it to at least twice. That too. It's like, I mean, that's a too. part of it. Yes. Because like, yeah, we're going to have Rocky Romero come in and have a shitty, or have, and do some bullshit for like a half hour on this like pay-per-view. It's like, those are more of your friends, like just helping, helping these people pay for you know a, a renovation on their fucking land like <laughs> yeah um they they're friends with the bucks and kenny and and sign with impact and it's like almost like well why the fuck did they go to impact and then like you start seeing it all play out like they're they're back in the mix again like these dudes like like jeff Jarrett would be proud of them for 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 this um and they and they say and then that's, that's also something you want to think of who would jeff Jarrett be most proud of oh like with, with, with these awards like oh my god the company that he started don Callis is like <laughs> made relevant oh my god. <laughs> um 
let's see. Uh, Edge telling Vince about AEW and getting a three-year deal is fucking hilarious, and it's on the WWE Network for you to watch right now. Like, so no one can deny this happened, which is fucking hilarious. Um, Rey Mysterio getting his whole pa- family paid. Oh yeah, yeah. Rey Mysterio getting his whole family paid is 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 a real comedy, especially seeing like how they've all kind of been used, and it's um, I don't know, man. Like that's working. Like that's 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 what you do, yeah. you know. But oh, I, I want I want to get everyone a check, um, and you know, uh, came in f- uh, the fourth was Bruce Pritchard. Okay. Uh, he had forty five points, okay. so he was right behind Edge. Very narrow margin there. Like, so, like, bro, they took um, they took <laughs> they took Heyman off of Raw so that Pritchard could immediately have worse shows. Immediately have worse shows. And like, no one's saying, get, yeah. get him the fuck out of here. All time worse ratings. Like, at least... <laughs> like, the only thing that Pritchard has done worth half of a damn is like, not screw up the good work that Heyman was doing with McIntyre. That's the only thing you can give him credit for. Like, I guess you can say Randy Orton, but like, do we think that Pritchard has anything to do with Randy Orton or that's just Randy Orton? Like, so, you know, yeah. I, I don't know what's I, I fair and what's not. I don't, the yeah. women's division is on the trash. Disaster. Like, all the mid-carters, all the young guys have fallen into right. the abyss. Right. Uh, retribution, all that bullshit. Like, the fiend. Like, like, you can, like, <laughs> you, you can say that was, like, Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton, um, and, like, the Hurt Business. Like, how much credit are we giving yeah. Bruce Pritchard for the Hurt Business? That another Heyman project that was off the ground already. You know? Right. Everything. Man. You know. Lana. That Lana in, in, that Lana shit. That's Bruce, that's a Bruce Pritchard production. Yeah. Jeff Hardy. Um, Jeff Hardy being an alcoholic for the, for, for the rest of time. That's Jeff Hardy. I'm sorry. That's Bruce Pritchard shit. Yep. Um, yeah, just, just, yeah, an incredible award. So Don Callis aligns with Kenny Omega, ushers in AEW Impact Partnership, wins your Jeff Jarrett Finesse of the Year. A rich history with this award. So, uh, um, <laughs> you remember one last year? Yeah. Um, who won last year? I'll have to take a look. I don't remember. Um, uh, I can find it very shortly. Was Hold it, on. was it Saudi Arabia, uh, uh, uh related? I think it was. I think it was the, the Saudi Arabia. Um, okay. Wins the the joint. I am pulling it up right now. Yeah, okay. Like- um. Yes, the Saudi government. Yeah. Not beats being, it's twenty uh, million dollars all the time. Yep. It's still yep. doing a show. <laughs> yep. Um. <laughs> uh, so yes, Baron Corbin did win last year's put him in a coffin award. Yeah. Which is funny. He won the year before uh, that too. I'm South- sure. Yep. Yeah. Let's see. Um, all right. Let's get to the next award here. So, uh, up next, the die, Rocky die, who booked this shit failure of the year. So this award was merged this year with another one in the interest of time. Um, so let's get to it. Uh, evil as main event IWGP IC double champion. <laughs> Keith Lee in the 2020 call ups dead on arrival on the main roster. The FTR Bucks build. Kota Ibushi loses Wrestle Kingdom briefcase. Charlotte torpedoes NXT. 
NXT's constant hot shotting, AEW's women's division, and Lana and Bobby Lashley's wedding. So, with 60 points, 33 of the first place, tying the second place amount of votes, Lana and Bobby Lashley's wedding. So you guys remembered. That's a, that's amazing. That's amazing. Yes. Um, with 66 points, Keith Lee in the 2020 call-ups dead on arrival on the main roster. And with 94 points, oh, 78 no. first place. Based off your voice, I think I know what this is. Evil as the main event. <laughs> IWGP IC Trouble Champion. Who oh, fuck this shit? Uh, yep. Yato, step to the stage. Yep. 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 <laughs> this sucked. This is horrible. This is the real bullshit that's in New Japan, not ELP with a fucking gimmick in his boot way down the card. Like, no, it's fucking evil who overran and destroyed um, the main event scene for New Japan. Naito's championship one. Ruined it. Correct. Ruined it. You ruined it, damn it. It yes. was him. Like, <laughs> like the, the man that has caused these, these Naito fans to lie about how great this talent <laughs> was. This is evil. He caused these lies, James. Like, you got terrible matches. You have of repetitive matches. You have a shock that makes no fucking like, like, you would have never seen this coming at all. And ultimately, those of us that were down on it were vindicated because it sucked. <laughs> it sucked in the G1. It sucked in the title matches. And by the time it came to the Dome, he was right in the middle again. Yeah. Slight elevation, but we know what this is. We know what this is, but as is we sli- say but is it on this show. Because what was he on the second night? Where was he on the second night? Third, or, third from the top on the third second. Third from night. the top on a on a double show. So really, he's so really you can say he's like fifth he's or sixth, sick. right? Yeah. So he really is actually in the middle. Like yes, flat out Marin Moore. I was like Marin Morris in in Zed, the middle. Like just <laughs> dab in the middle, <laughs> man. Um, what you got on this one, James? I mean, I th- I'm pretty sure that's what I voted it as. Uh, let me look. Um, scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Um, yeah, that was number one, Evil, and then number two was Keith Lee and and, and the rest of the NXT call ups, and then my number three was uh NXT's Hot Shotting. But yeah. Those are appropriate number one and two. Uh, I voted for evil number one. Kota Bushi loses the Wrestle Kingdom briefcase as number two, and then Charlotte torpedoes NXT for number three. Um, I think I think the Abushi got made up. I think the Abushi one got saved because of the voting after the fact that he's a champion now, so people were less on on it about that. Yeah, 
Yeah, but that one was massively undervalued, I think. But um, uh, FTR and Bucks build that one, or Charlotte Torpedoes NXT finishes fourth with 53 points. Um, FTR Bucks build was down in like, I want to say sixth place, maybe. Where was um, NXT so- hot shotting at? That one was at the bottom with only 24 points. Well, so, I mean, uh, Charlotte in the hot shotting in, like, that kind of goes hand in hand, so that might be splitting votes. Um, maybe. So, yeah, so, I mean, the fact that it, three NXT things are on here tells you a, a lot about the year, and the fact that, like, New Japan has two of them on here tells you a lot about the year. Yep. Um, AEW's women's division finished fifth with 46 points. Sixth with the FTR Bucks build. So, if people didn't hate it as much, I don't know, but well, <laughs> I, also, I sure fucking. Yeah, I. But that maybe that's a, maybe that's a case like of you know it, it all worked out at the end. Like maybe yeah, it's, it's one of those things where like you know ultimately you end up getting a match that a lot of people love and a lot and at worst is a great match anyway. So it's like how much can you ultimately? That's kind of like when it comes back to like the the Bushi thing is like how much can you hate it when mm-hmm. like obviously you shouldn't be voting for things after you know the cutoff date, but. You know, it's that's human nature. They're going to be like, well, it didn't. Yeah. Well, they did kind of write the. They kind of did write the ship. It was like, but like the ship never had to turn that direction. Right. Yeah, like well, they they booked themselves to a corner. Don't book yourself to a corner. Like, what's yeah. so hard about this? Don't do it. Hey, you see, hey, that's a dead. That's a dead end. Don't drive fifty <laughs> miles an hour into the fucking thing. Don't crash the car. Well, you you can't just do a three point turn. You know. Um so, it's Evil fake. is the main event. Double champion is the Die Rocky Die who booked this shit failure of the year. Incredible. Congratulations, Evil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, the gimmick of the year. The best vehicle to get over. Um, so, we have six in this category. We got super physical wrestling matches. Cody Rose's TNT title open challenge. Being the Elite. Hangman Page drinks beer, ladder matches in WWE, and AW hands Britt Baker the mic. So, in third place, and this is a very close category uh, across the top three. So, third place with 80 points, uh, 36 first place, 32nd place, Cody Rose's TNT title open challenge. Number two. With 82 points, 42 uh, first place, 28 second place, being the elite. And first place with 89 points, 54 first place, 26 second place, super physical wrestling matches. Yeah. Um, that was my number one. Um, that's, you know, you, you think of the, you know, the best matches of the year, whether it's, you know, Murder Ibushi or it's Walter being Walter, um, you know, the like in Shingo stuff, like the Never stuff, obviously super physical stuff. Um, Ishii, the, the old the Suzuki and, and Nagata having to, you mm-hmm. know, slapping the piss out of each other back and forth for, for minutes on end. That's what that, you know, Takumi and, and Mayu. Like that's that's that was that's what it was. Um. So so yeah, I get it. Like yeah, 
Yeah, I voted uh, first place for that. I voted second uh, with Cody with the TNT title and then third for being the elite. Uh, looks like the order was just flipped the other way with being the elite finishing in front of Cody in the official voting. Um, and it was really close. It was 89, 82, 80. So um, the three things that were on top here really worked. Um, being the elite was, of course, a star-making vehicle, as it always is every year. But uh, in times of you know the pandemic and how they're just able to constantly to introduce the being the elite championship, uh, the most legit title in pro wrestling because it's a shoot. Um, so uh, they introduced that this year. They had the uh, Matt and Nick uh, BT 200 match, which was incredible. Um, and they just continue doing, doing dope shit. And then Cody with the TNT open challenge, literally getting people jobs. Um, and one of the great, you know, mid card title runs you'll ever see. Um, and I, th- I thought it was fitting that he ended up getting a, a spot here. Yeah. Um, at the bottom, uh, other things, AW hands, Britt Baker, the mic finishes fifth, uh, uh, Hangman page drinks beer, uh, finishes fourth and then ladder matches in WWE. I, both of those plays for me. <laughs> no, oh no, yeah. Those are my second and third. Yeah. It's like, yeah. So check this out. So Hangman Drinks Beer had the same amount of first place uh, votes as Cody, so which finished huh. third. So, and then AEW hands Britt Baker the mic that had thirty first place points. So a lot of people, uh, you know, it's just kind of spread out here. Yeah. Um. Anything else? Uh, nah, not on that category. I think we just I think it's appropriate to move on from now. Cool, man. Let's, uh, let's get back to the more serious awards here. The WWE match of the year. So, um, we've got eight nominees here. We've got Walter versus W. Dragunov, Finn Balor versus Kyle O'Reilly, the NXT men's war games match, Undisputed Era versus Broser Waits for the NXT tag team titles, Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns at TLC, Sasha Banks versus Bailey at the Hell in a Cell, Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles, Intercontinental title, title final, and Jordan Devlin versus Tyler Bate. So, with 65 first place points, Sasha Banks versus Bailey at Hell in a Cell. With 74 second place points, 15 first place, 46 second place, Finn Balor versus Kyle O'Reilly. And number one, going away, a landslide, 132 first place points, 114 um, first place, 12 second place. And that tells you that big disparity. This was a blowout, y'all. Walter versus Ilya Dragunov. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the greatest WWE matches of all time. Um, it happened in front of no people. Um, it wasn't my favorite WWE match this year. It was my second, but I'm not going to pretend that my second favorite WWE, uh, WWE match was the best match. This was it. This was the best match. I just like one more. Um, so yeah, they got it right. Yeah. Um, an incredible match. I'll be talking more about in my <laughs> top 10 matches of the year section. Um, here's one. here's one point that needs to be made. This absolutely has to be. Walter Dragunov has to absolutely be the best match um, of the One Nation radio era that we both watched and did not cover or or analyze or yes. review. 
Absolutely. Yes. We both saw this match and we both saw, we we're like, holy shit, this match is incredible. And because it's NXT UK and it, you know, it came out on a, on a Thursday. And it took us a couple of weeks to, for both of us had to, to get to around watch to actually it. watch it. And then we watched, we were both blown away, but then it was like, well, it's already late in the time of talking about it, whatever else. And when we ever get to it, and then things kept coming up, we never got around to it. Oh, we're we going to be talking our, about it today. When we get to our top tens, we will be talking about it to make up for, to, 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 as, a, as some type of make good for how we gave them short thrift. Because that's awesome. Yeah. Incredible match, uh, flat out. Uh, I'll, I'll talk about some of the other matches on here. Uh, Finn Balor and Kyle O'Reilly, this was like two, five, ten dudes just was like, yo, we just going to beat the fuck out of each other. Like, they, they broke each other's, uh, Finn Balor got a broken jaw. Uh, I thought it was supposed to be a work, but apparently not. <laughs> <laughs> that was an accident. Stop. <laughs> so, but this this was just a a raw, rugged match with like um, tons of heart, lots of character, and it was like someone trying to step up to the top level, but they ain't quite there yet. But the performance is so good that you think maybe somewhere down yeah. the line there is a path towards him reaching that. Like if <laughs> I watched that match and I thought to myself like. Holy shit. I'm not saying they have an, a, another Gargano-like chase on their hands, but they could if they wanted to, if that dude can perform, if O'Reilly can perform that way in NXT consistently. Like, we know what, based off what we've seen with him in New Japan and Ring of Honor that, yes, he can wrestle to that level, but will they ever see him in that light? And you see a match like that, and then you think maybe there's a chance, same way that like Johnny got that chance, same way that Bailey got that chance. So, like, you know... It looks like they're going to team up, you know, undisputed in um, Balor for the meantime. But like, as a as as far as a potential long storm long form story, like it intrigues the hell out of me. It really does. Um, the uh, some of the other ones that uh, finished fourth, Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles, their empty arena match finished fourth. Um, UE and Brozerway's tag title match uh, that finished with eight points. That was last. Uh, the war games, uh, or t- Jordan Devlin and Tyler Bate finished just above them with 13 points. I think that's a forgotten match and NFC UK, of course, like no one probably saw it. Uh, yeah. you know, that they, they, they always pass the gifts around, uh, trying to make fun of it with the punch spot and all that. I'm going to talk about that match later on too, yeah, but, they, um, um, I they, they tend to do that with in it with NFC UK cause they, they were doing that with Dunn. Mm-hmm. About like you know he doesn't you know at certain points he doesn't throw like these great looking punches like well do you want this cold cock people because like he could if you wanted to but but you know like All right are you are you do y'all watch y'all picking like, and choosing right y'all picking and like, choosing right because like do you see that Walter match at at Takeover um New York in 2019 like do you think those were pulled punches do you think do you think them chops with Walter and, and him throwing strikes back at him and fake like, or, or not, or not fake, but are soft style. Come on, man. Like, let's, let's, let's this, not, let's not right. be goofy. Like, we, even Brock Lesnar will run the ropes for Keith Lee, for fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah. This, this might be controversial, but I think what I tend to like in wrestling now, I think NXT UK is probably my favorite brand in WWE. Just the stuff that I hear, well, like the roster they have, the, the guys that, the matches like that end up so critically acclaimed. Like it's always 
like it, se- it seems like if you lay the roster down on paper, oh. it's so much more impressive than like you even think about it. And as. you also have this part where like you're not tainted by the fact that like they're going against a AEW and they're like they're only their only reason for existing on Wednesday in that space is to try to topple the, the thing that you love. So like I get it because like that's the reason why you don't watch NXT like you used to a couple years a couple years ago. It's like because they're there to ruin this other thing, and it's like if it wasn't there, it'd be more fun, it'd be better booked. It, I like I would enjoy NXT a lot more too because like. It, aside from that part of the playing the politics side of it is like the show's not as good as it used to be mm-hmm. in in part because somebody is getting their is getting can't make decisions and pull the trigger and go you know long term the way they used to it's almost as if yeah. things changed even though we were told things <laughs> stay the same even though we all knew that was bullshit <laughs> Do you mean we? They, they tried to con us, James. Yes. Like, <laughs> yes, yes. The carnies so, tried to carny again, a car, or screw us again. Yes. So uh, up next, the AEW match of the year. So uh, we got eight matches here. Uh, it's going to be uh, the Young Bucks versus Kenny Omega and Hangman Page. Kenny Omega versus Pack. Best Friends versus Proud and Powerful. Parking Lot Brawl. Young Bucks versus FTR at Full Gear. Um, FTR and the Bucks against the Lucha Brothers and the Butcher and the Blade, John Moxley versus Brody Lee, Cody Rose versus Wardlow, and Kenny Omega versus Hangman Page. So, with 40 points, three first place points, 20 second place, best friends versus proud and powerful in the parking lot brawl. Really? Hmm. Yep. I'm surprised uh, that I'm voting. Yep. Um, but we'll get to the down ballot stuff, but with 72 points, 18 first place points, 42 second place, Kenny Omega versus Pack from the Kansas City Dynamite. And number one, going away, probably the most dominant in any single category, I believe, thus far, uh, with 147 first place points, 18 second place points the young bucks versus Kenny Omega and Hangman Page from AEW Revolution that is my exact top 3 and I'm surprised I figured that young bucks versus FTR from Revo- from full gear was going to make it on here I thought I figured that was that was going to be a number 2 or number 3 um I'm surprised so it was 1 point behind the best friends proud and powerful ah, parking lot brawl there there okay. uh, makes sense makes sense I I pretty much kind of had a, uh, like, I, I knew the top two I was voting for, and I did a goofy kind of third place vote. I voted for the uh, FTR and Bucks versus uh, Lucha Bros Butcher and a Blade match from Dynamite, where they were doing Canadian Destroyers over the top rope and shit. Right. So uh, well, it was just fucking nuts. Like, <laughs> as a just watch it in a vacuum, that probably was the third best match this year in, in AEW. Um, I think that the other two, the backlot brawl and um, FTR Young Bucks, have the advantage of having builds to them, them feeling like main event matches, and you know, like in having storyline elements to play with. Some, some do it a lot fucking better than the other, but still had them to play with, as opposed to just like, oh yeah, that's all star game, right? Like that's all star yeah. game wrestling. So like I, you know, yeah. I can see why it didn't. People didn't really it. They don't remember it in that way because it was kind of. It, yeah, it only had eight points. 
Yeah, I mean, but if you ask me, like, yeah, that match, if that match had finished third, I'd been like, oh, makes sense. Absolutely. Yep. Um, finishing fifth, it looks like it was Kenny Omega versus uh, Hangman Page. So uh, it looks like Kenny Omega fit, finished in three of the top five here. The Bucks finished in three of the top uh, four as well, if I'm not mistaken. Or no, two of the top four. Sorry. Um, and yeah, uh, Cody and Warlow only 13 points, but uh, a hell of a pro wrestling presentation uh, in that very special moment, I would say. Uh, Thought it was a little undervalued here. Um, John Moxley and Brody Lee had 28 points. Um, and, but that parking lot brawl, um, as, as you know, uh, places here. And that one was like, what? It, it was not a cinematic match. This was done all in one shot. Um, this was super creative. Like when you talk about street fights, um, this is like the standard. Uh, I think, and seeing a tag team, you know, version of it was, was really cool. Um, and giving us instant gifable moments. And this was like, you know, uh, I remember Dave gave this five stars and it was like, man, I, I, I couldn't really argue with him. Like, I thought it was incredible. So and now my uh, question for you is, this. I, we, didn't, we didn't talk about Kenny Omega and Pac, but we'll get to that. I was going to ask you, well, let's talk about that. And I'll ask you my question. Yeah. Kenny Omega and Pac, that is what I wanted this promotion to be when it first started up. Um, I love that match to death. Uh, when we get to our top 10, that will be my highest ranking AEW match. Um, as far, cause it's a favorite match. Not, it's not best. It's favorite. And that's what I wanted the promotion to be. Um, I, I just love the fact of, you know, thinking about like Pac and AEW and the first thing you think of is, for me anyway, was like him versus Kenny. Oh my God! I cannot wait for that. And we you know we had those matches before, and they were fun. But like we got the real match that we all that we all wanted. All thought we could get out of them, and we got it. And it was fantastic. Like, um, and that's really like you know even including the uh, the tag stuff, the great tag stuff that him and um, Hangman were doing. Like, it was it was satisfying for me to see Omega like. I know y'all are, some of y'all are doubting me because I'm having four and a quarter star matches. <laughs> like, I know y'all are doubting you know, me. His career should be, his career should be stopped and, right. and he should just quit the business. Right. Because right. I'm having these four, I'm having these four and a quarter star singles matches or whatever else, uh, that aren't main events. But like, he got his main event, uh, level match on the big stage and he, he was him and Pac was Pac and it was like, you know, it's it's cathartic seeing Pac because like we haven't seen him at this level since really since NXT, you know, like since that Neville match, and it's like he could be doing this a lot more often than he didn't, you know, than he was credit for given credit for, and it's like you know I didn't I never got around to seeing him his Dragon Gate stuff on the second run back or whatever else, but it's like we know what kind of talent that dude is, and to see them two together, two of the be- very best fucking wrestlers in the world, two of the best wrestlers I've ever seen in my life, is from a, from a coordination, athleticism, strength, uh, and quick twitch perspective, it was just, it was also, awesome. Willing, willing to wear it, both of those guys. Yeah, super physical as well, yeah, yeah. Uh, I just, I, I was so happy to watch that match, I was elated, like, it's, God. Yeah, I, like, I'll be talking about that match as well yeah, later on, match, so. Match. Um, but yeah, 
my question for you is, where do you think it would have placed if we had um, made the, the stadium stampede eligible? I think the stadium stampede probably finishes second. I do, too. Yeah. I do, too. Uh, and, and seeing how uh, the stadium stampede gets rewarded later on, yeah, I, I'm I'm confident saying it places. I think it goes second. Yeah. So I, I, yeah, I think it goes second. I'm almost. I feel like it's almost guaranteed it's one second. Yeah. Um. So up next, our New Japan match of the year. Congratulations to the Bucks and Kenny. I'll be talking about that later. So. Um, can, can, and also and, Adam Page. Uh, Hangman you know, Page. Yes, the guy. Yeah, the, the, the other dude. You know, the, the star of the match. The match. The, the thing that the, the match was revolved around. <laughs> <laughs> that, that 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 toxic motherfucker there, you know. Um, oh man! Uh, so our New Japan match of the year, we've got Will Ospreay versus Hiromu Takahashi, uh, Kazushi Okada versus Kota Ibushi, uh, Kazushi Okada versus Tetsuya Naito, Tetsuya Naito versus Hiroshi Tanahashi, Kazushi Okada versus Shingo Takagi, Hiromu Takahashi versus El Desperado. Tomohiro Ishii versus Shingo Takagi and Tomohiro Ishii versus Kota Obushi. So, with 76 points, 33 first place, 28 second place, Will Ospreay and Hiromu Takahashi from Wrestle Kingdom 14. Uh, I see where this is with one hundred With 103 points, 57 first place, 28 second place, Kazushika Okada versus Tetsuya Naito. Really? And number one. And number one. Really? And number one. With 100. Place, Rich, you broke up. Rich, you broke up. 32 second place. Up. Hold on. Rich, you broke up. Okay. Number one. What's number one? Number one with 120 points. 81 first place. 32 second place. Kazushka Okada versus Kota Ibushi from Wrestle Kingdom 14. Our voters fucking got it right. Thank you. Thank you guys. Um, this is a, this is a, this is a long journey. This is a hard fight, but I'm glad that there's some people that aren't have, that aren't just like out of their minds. Um, yeah, that is. I, I still contend that's one of the ten best matches I've ever seen in my life. Um. It's going to be my number one on this list uh, when we do our top ten uh, for favorite matches of of twenty twenty. I, I love that match. Um, it and it informs like what Okada did the next year with uh, with Osprey. Like he brought out murder the murder maker. Um, it's just just an incredible match. Um, I have never I have not gone back to watch it again. Um, I will eventually, but yeah, just an incredible match. And you know, like we didn't get much of the uh, Okada big match superstar feel, um, but that match is like when he's on top, it just feels like different from everybody else. It just does. Like <laughs> it's like you know, like I just I, it just feels right. Like like God, like is there like I when he has one of these match some of these matches, I'm just like, dude, this is the best wrestler I've ever seen. He just is. <laughs> He doesn't do. He doesn't do no nothing crazy. He's not super dangerous. He's not necessarily super physical or violent with his opponents. Like he'll do crazy shit from time to time. But like he's just like the perfect wrestler. Like he could have wrestled in any era, and all this shit would have got over the same way. Just like 
just a genius. And Abushi is just the mega talent that he's always been for five years that that we've been watching him. Just, just incredible. Remember when? He, remember when we were like, why in the hell? Even if Abushi's not signing with WWE, why in the hell is he not in the cruiserweight final? Uh, cruiserweight tournament final. Just beat him in the final. Like this is goofy. If like anyway, but like yes, great match. Um, Glad he didn't sign there. <laughs> yeah, and I can't wait for the rematch again. You know, whenever that comes for the title, it's gonna be it's gonna be another one of these two. Yeah. Um. I'm glad our voters made the right decision, and I I, I want to blame this on a year long campaign by us for uh, them not forgetting this match, uh, and don't get swept up in like I I will get to it when when we um, do our favorite matches of the year, but um, you know we got to talk about it. This was the match of the year. This is looks Okada and Naito is going to do very well, I believe, in the Voice of Wrestling poll. It won, keeping it strong styles. It did not win ours. Um, wonder why that is, but um, you know, I guess y'all come to us for, for you know for the real. You don't know, do this. Uh, don't do this. <laughs> you know. Um, so, um, <laughs> you know, the, 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 the LIJ, like, I, I imagine hardcore LIJ fans have long tuned us out. Maybe. Or tuned me out. Maybe, maybe it's cause, you know, um, maybe keeping a strong style after Jeremy and you were on that show too, weren't you? Which one? The, uh, the award show. I was on their synopsis episode. That's right. So I think, you know, um, well, and once the results, I think, like, once the results came in, I think, like, Jeremy and Josh scolding them, <laughs> like, kind of, you know, might have got their minds right. Just maybe. Just maybe. They, they yeah. were like, yeah, you know, we are kind of bugging the fuck out right now. So, you know, like, great match, Naito yeah. and, so, and last- Okada, but just not, just not the, the night before's level. Just not. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No shame. Um, so... Yeah, third place, uh, Osprey and Takahashi. Um, I'll be talking about that match later on as well, so I won't give away everything here. Yeah, um, so, uh, the, the match I loved with all my heart, uh, it finished in seventh, uh, Ishii and Shingo from New Japan Road. Um, and also Naito and Tanahashi finished last. They had six points, uh, there, but everything else kind of just in the middle there. I mean, it's New Japan. Like, there are like, there's probably like eight other matches that could have been nominated on this thing. Like, there was a lot of great wrestling, even though it wasn't to the same level because of no, because of clap crowds and whatever else or no crowds at the time. But like, they still were the best, uh, in ring product in, in, in wrestling in 2020. They, they, they were. <clears throat> Up next, we've got our stardom match of the year. So, um, we've got eight nominees here. So, uh, we've got Mayu Iwatani versus Kagetsu, uh, from December 24th. Mayu Iwatani versus Takumi Aroha from February 8th. Mayu Iwatani versus Takumi Aroha October 18th. Mayu Iwatani and Kagetsu versus Momo Watanabe and Jogo Kiona. Queen's Quest versus Donna Domando uh, from July 24th. Julia versus Tam Nakano from October 3rd. Big U versus uh, Momo Watanabe, December 20th, 2020, and Azumi versus Starlight Kid, October 3rd, 2020. So, without further ado, let's get into the top three. Um, looks like the first, the same name starts uh, each of the three uh, nominees <laughs> here. So, uh, with 54 points, 
uh, on October, uh, that were 54 points, uh, with 30 first place, uh, 14 second place, Mayu Watani versus Takumi Roja from October 18th with 78 points, uh, Mayu Iwatani versus Takumi Roja from February 8th. And with 92 points, with 69 first place uh, votes, 14 second place, Mayu Iwatani versus Kagetsu. Huh. Well, we know why that got voted on as number one. Um, that is Kagetsu and Mayu's last match um, versus each other. That is her last title challenge. And after that match, the next night, she uh, she announced that she's retiring. So I think that's that play with the Kagetsu yeah. thing. Um, it like those three matches were my was what place one two three for me. Um, I put I would have put um, the number two and number three at one and two, and I would have put number uh, one at three. So I I mean I get the sen- the sentimentality of missing the fuck out of Kagetsu because I miss Kagetsu a lot too. Uh, in Hazuki, of course, I, I tell Rich about it a lot. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I get it. Um, but those top three are the correct three. Um, if we had a place for four, that tag match with Mayu in Kagetsu um, in Osaka versus um, Momo in Jungle, that match is incredible. I I think that's the second best tag match I saw this year. Um, it, it's, it's, it's outstanding. But, um, but yeah, I yeah, I have no problem with those top three. Those those are those make perfect sense to me. So I went with the two Mayu Takumi matches. I think I did something goofy on my ballot because I put like the February one first and then the October one second. But the October match is in my top ten matches of the year one. I get um, and then third, I went Queen's Quest and Donna Del Mondo. That awesome, incredible match that was. So. Um, yeah. Um, also, um, so Azumi and Starlight uh, finished with nine. They're in last. Um, our fourth place is the tag match that you spoke on with Mayu and Kagetsu. So Mayu has the top four matches in the promotion here in the voting. And remember, we capped her um, at four. Like, there are a bunch of other matches correct. that that could have also been on here, like um, the title change from Mayu to Utami, um, the last night of the Grand Prix between Tam and, and Mayu, the triple threat match between Mayu and uh, Konami and Momo, uh, the, you know, tag, the tag match uh, before the, in the Korokin right before uh, the October 3rd match so, or show, so that's like Tam and Mayu versus Shuri and um, Julia that goes to a time and draw 30 minutes, like, she had a shit ton of four and a half low four matches that could have that could have gotten nominated, but we capped her at four the same way we capped Kenny at four for AEW match of the year. Um, she she was dominant this year. When I, when I talk about you know she was one of the um, five best wrestlers in the world this year, regardless of gender. Like, look it up. <laughs> take your ass. To, shoot. Take your ass to cage match. Take your ass to grapple. Go look. <laughs> it's there. <laughs> yeah. Um. So up next, we've got our pay-per-view of the year. So uh, this is always a good category. So um, up next are our nominees, I should say. Uh, Wrestle Kingdom Night 1, Wrestle Kingdom Night 2, AEW Revolution, AEW Full Gear, WWE TLC, NXT TakeOver Portland, Stardom's Yokohama Cinderella Show, and NXT TakeOver 31. So in third place, if I can line this up correctly, 
uh, with 68 points, 31st place, 28 second place, AEW full gear. Number two, we've got with 95 points, uh, 54 first place, 30 second place, Russell Kingdom night one. So shots out to y'all doing the right thing again. <laughs> and with 110 points, 66 first place, 30 second place, what I've described as a special night in wrestling, AW Revolution. So, um, AW Revolution winning, it was not a shock to me here. Um, we, what I'm learning through the voting is you, the, the fans are AW fans. Um, you know, and any, yeah, much of these cross categories like AW's, like, like the voters show up. Um, AW Revolution is kind of a reminder of like what life was like, um, before the pandemic. It was like the last great show we saw. Um, it feels like, and it was just like, man, it, as I mentioned, a special night in pro wrestling, you got your, um, that, that, the tag match. The title change with Moxley leading up. Um, you got an insane molten lava crowd, which I'm going to describe later on. Um, <laughs> and you know, I think Russell Kingdom Night One was great in itself too. Um, there may have just been missing a little bit of that magic. Um, AW Full Gear uh, was also another top to bottom great show, and you know, it's like NXT got like shattered here WWE got shattered um and stardom did not finish last here uh NXT takeover 31 finished last here uh I think that might have been my favorite NXT show uh that surprises me because that was a that was a way better pay-per-view than um TLC but whatever um oh yeah so what you got on this one, James? <clears throat> oh, and fourth place was Russell Kingdom Night Two. That was sixty-five points. Um, I thought that it was gonna five five things were gonna place. Um, I figured that Revolution was going to place. I figured that um one of the Russell Kingdom Nights is going to place. I figured it was gonna be two because you know, uh, looking at the keeping the strong style awards, but number one made it. And like that's that's the Russell Kingdom uh night that I voted in because of the two uh. Uh, the two best matches from that night, um, but yeah, like I I get why Full Gear made it, um, but I, you know, I just disagree. But whatever, this doesn't I'm, like it happened last year. Like last year was even more egregious than this year, but or not egregious, but last year was egregious. This one, like I get it. Like yeah, what, like um... Portland, like Portland was a better pay per view, top to bottom, than. Um, full gear, but look what happened. Look at the aftermath of it. You turn it. You turn one of the best baby faces in the world heel to do this stupid fucking thing that end up you know going to the pandemic happening. You had that one final heartbeat thing that fucking sucked. Um, like it went uh, off air, and it was it, it was a sucky feeling when you went off air. Yeah, um, Matt Riddle is like the the number one thing you're supposed to, or not one of the big things you're supposed to remember is like Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne was like, well, Matt Riddle's a fucking sex pest, right? You know, so I get it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? 
I'm not gonna feel like, well, not, well, yeah. well, that, yeah, well, they had a, a, a four and three quarter star match. Like, well, yeah, but so? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, they moved, they, they immediately moved him up after that, and then, like, we found out this man shouldn't be on anyone's television. Yeah. Yeah. You gonna look um, back on that fondly? I. Oh. I think I'm gonna go ahead and find me a copy of uh, AW Revolution and, and throw it on tomorrow while I'm working, uh, just just to see, you know, just remember the times, you know, before, before you know this fucking pandemic came and hot arenas and uh, well built storylines. Like Revolution was a culmination of like the insane run of like eight episodes of AW where it was just like some of the hottest like television we've ever seen. Yep. Um, it, it, it was quite frankly untouchable for me like um i went revolution full gear russell kingdom night one in my voting i can't uh i think i did revel or night one of um russell kingdom um revolution portland i think or maybe flip-flop the the last two but yeah those were my three yep all right congratulations aw revolution pay-per-view of the year Moment of the year. So we got eight things here. Uh, we've got Tetsuya Naito wins the double titles. John Moxley defeats Chris Jericho for the AW title. Keith Lee wins the NXT championship. MJF and Wardlow whoop Cody. Kenny Omega turns on John Moxley to <laughs> win the AW title. Brody <laughs> Lee squashes Cody for the TNT title. Drew McIntyre's Royal Rumble win. And evil turns on Tetsuya Naito. I try to read these things as clearly and as like un like laughing as I can, but it was that's fucking what, hilarious. That's what made it funnier. Like, bust it up. That's what made it funnier. To like you clinically saying like <laughs> MJF and Ward, oh, whooping Cody. <laughs> what? And then and then what made it funnier is like as you can see, you going on, you're like Brody Lee squashing Cody. Like, why are the top thing? Why are the best moment? Why are we? Why do we nominate the best moments of the year? Cody getting his ass whooped. Maybe we do hate Cody like Floyd Clays. We do. <laughs> Maybe it's actually real. <laughs> You know, maybe we do. You know, you'll oh, never know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, let's get to the voting, man. Um, so with with sixty one points, thirty first place, eighteen second place, John Moxley defeats Chris Jericho for the AEW title. With eighty three uh, uh, votes, or with second place, eighty three uh, points, thirty. First place, 42nd place, Brody Lee squashes Cody for the TNT title. <laughs> and number one, with 92 points, 75 first place points, 12 second place, Tetsuya Naito wins the double titles. Hmm. What was number three again? Number three was John Moxley defeats Chris Jericho for the AEW title. Okay. Okay. Kind of, I, I'm not shocked here. I figured this would do well. I didn't figure the win. But, uh, you know, I can't really, uh, get too, uh, upset here, but, um, I thought it was yeah. going to, at first, when we laid this out, I thought that it was going to win, but after seeing the rest of the results so far, I'm, I, I, I was less sure of that being the case, but it still stayed on. So, um, yep. you know, it, it's weird for me. Like, I get it. Um, but like, 
he won the title. He didn't get to celebrate. He got his ass whooped by Kenta. He fought Kenta. And then, like, he loses the belt and has that terrible thing. Like, looking back on the retrospect, like, it's, it's you know, it's not as... I don't think this is what LIJ fans wanted. This is less than what they got. Oh, they they'll, they'll, got. They'll, they'll tell you it, it was. It was everything. They'll, well, they'll, they'll come out here, you know, oh, you know, yeah. and claim that it was everything to them. But we know the truth. That, that we know is, the insecurities that lie deep. That was not exactly the boyhood dream coming true. It wasn't that clean. Uh, you know, it was. It was. It had its moment, like the Kenta thing coming in and then like taking the belts off of him and for the pose in the night. Like it's like, damn, bro, he can't get one night. Y'all can't wait until New Year's Dash for that shit. But you know, whatever. Like just the moment itself of like, if you are a Naito fan and to Russell King, I'll, I'll compare happens. it to this. I'm gonna say I'll compare it to Go this. Ahead. I remember when Kenny won the IWGP title, You're the furious. thought of Cody even coming on the screen infuriated me. I could imagine if he got laid out and then posed with a belt over him and shit like, oh, hell no. Y'all y'all have to be capping. If y'all say y'all didn't, y'all didn't like it, like this nice only Kenza thing, y'all have to be, you know, I don't know. That's funny. Um, I was going to say, like, if you are a Naito fan, and like you fell in love with that dude while he was a while he was a a, a dirt bag, and then he starts being less <laughs> shitty, and then he starts respecting you know the 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 trophies and the titles whatever else except for the IC title he's like you know he he always hated that belt until the Jericho thing right, um but like you liked them you liked him and you rooted for that dude and then like he wins that G one and you're like okay. After after he after he was down bad, he regrouped and he is where he is. We're about to go on a run, and then and then the rainmaker says, "Nah, nah, hold on, player. You're gonna have to, that have to wait two years. That's gonna have to wait two years. Like the finally get that moment of waiting two years has to feel like just like such a release of emotions or whatever else. And I'm speaking on it as a person like that went through that with uh, Johnny winning the, t- the NXT title last year. So I get it, but. Can you imagine if Champa, like when they went up, when he went up the, the ramp, like instead of the hug, Wait, like wow. he, he he broke the crush across his back again? Like man, fuck this! Like I can't get, I can't get my moment. Yeah. Like, and that's what happened with Night Tusk. So was like for me, it's like I would feel like there'd be a twinge of like this was great, but it wasn't perfect or whatever else. But maybe you know whatever, like. They, they got the W, and that's all that matters. We beat Okada in the Dome main event, and that's all that matters. Yeah. You know, Look, so they say. Uh, yeah. So, uh, other interesting things. Uh, my ballot was was the whooping number one. Um, that was it. Then, yeah. Oh, uh, number two was Kenny turns on Moxley win the AEW title, and then three, uh, Brody Lee squashes Cody for the TNT title. So, Cody getting well represented uh, on my ballot here. <laughs> Thoroughly whooped. Uh, my. Uh... <laughs> My my uh, moments of the year. My number one was Moxley being the inner circle for the for the AEW title. Uh, my number two was Evil turning on Naito. Just like when it made me think about that was just in the moment itself. Obviously, no follow through was whack, but it made me think of how much we were robbed. Like this might be the number one thing as far as saying we were robbed from no fans and the stupid fucking pandemic is. I thought about actually I watched. Uh, 
the Kenta Ishii Bullet Club and Shibata thing from two years ago. And how mm-hmm. fucking hot that crowd was and how perfect that was. And then I thought about the evil and Naito thing with that turn and like Gato comes out and screws Okada in the final and you think like that's just business as usual just more Gato fucking with Okada and then evil you know he's been cheating the whole time so but that, that's evil he always cheats or so whatever and then he puts up the you know uh, Naito comes out and says well, we're gonna fight you know next night at Dominion puts up that, that fist and then evil puts up that bolt, that too sweet and then drop that man with uh I think it was uh evil falls like that shit was perfect and like if there was a crowd there they may have jumped the fucking fence <laughs> they were like it, it was it was like all year we all year we've been waiting for this perfect moment with the night till and now like this asshole turns on him this guy that that wouldn't that you know that would be selling meat off the back of a truck uh, in Osaka if it wasn't for Naito it is like he's serious like I, I was like we were robbed of that moment but I think of like how well it was done and how much I loved it like at in that wet night on that final how much I loved it so I voted that in but like the follow through I see why I didn't make it I see why I didn't make it and no crowd for the heat so like you know five years from now you look back and be like where's the heat I get it I get it. It, it finishes seventh, so I see. Um, I get it. I get it. Keith Lee winning the NXT title, last place. Yeah, um, he had it for like a completely manufactured moment, like it, and it's a microwave moment. It could have been something if he uh, if he had stuck around the rest of the year because he would have been a, he would have been stuck around, been on top, had great matches. He would have stayed over. He would have been the WWE wrestler of the year in most in most likelihood. And they brought him up to do nothing. Like, he falls off the ballot completely. Yeah, like and so he came up and he did absolutely nothing, which is you know par for the course for most of the NXT call ups. And this you know it continues with the frustration of people just being dead on arrival. Yep. Um, fourth place was Kenny Omega turns on John Moxley to win the AEW title. Um, Drew McIntyre's Royal Rumble win followed that right up. Uh, Are you surprised by that? Points. I thought that one might do a little better. Personally, uh, Drew's had a great year. I think that was the high point, obviously. He didn't have a crowd there when he beat Brock, so I felt like the Rumble win was the, uh, the bigger one. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, the, the whooping finished in sixth. So, uh, you know, mm-hmm. got a couple of first place points, 15 first place points. Yeah, you know, so some other people, uh, thought the same. You know, I think that got hurt by the, you know, I, I think I got hurt by the match not being what as good as people wanted it to be in, you know, the, it happened at the beginning of the year. It happened five years ago. So, um, yeah, that hurt it. Yep. All right. So up next, we've got the creative success of the year. So, um, we've got, Eight nominees in this category. We've got John Moxley's world title reign, Cody Rose's TNT championship reign, the stadium stampede, the boneyard match, Drew McIntyre's main event elevation, tribal chief Roman Reigns, Shingo Takagi's never division, and Donna Del Mondo. So, uh, with 70 points, 31st place, 26 second place, the stadium stampede with 72 points, 39, uh, first place, 24, Second place, the Tribal Chief Roman Reigns. And with 126 points, 102 first place, 16 second place, 
John Moxley's AW World Title reign? Um, I think that's what my number one was as well. Um, yeah, that's what that it was, was my number one as well. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Um, what was two and three again? Uh, number two was the Tribal Chief Roman Reigns. Number three was Stadium Stampede. Yeah. Um, I, I I thought Moxley at number one made sense. Um, anything else was you know subjective and was pretty. I imagine it was going to be pretty close and come, came down to preferences and taste, um, or you know tribalism. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah. Uh, but number one, that that's appropriate for me. Like I, I just absolutely love um, that run of television. It you know in with the Kenny and like that fit, like that run of we talked about it with Chad on the review for uh, for AEW two thousand or twenty. But like that run of television, beginning of the year, Jesus Christ! Like, do you think we'll ever get television television that good? Man, again, um, like times. Maybe uh, if, if we get crowds and we get the right elements, anything's possible. But like that was fucking great. Like it was just like every week it was a different kind of special feeling all time show. It was like you're getting incredible wrestling, you're getting incredible storylines, you're getting incredible crowds, uh, and it was just everything led to revolution. And then like the world fell apart. So <laughs> um, wrestling so good, uh, shut the whole shit down. <laughs> Yeah, um, I voted uh, Mosley, and then I voted for Reigns number two, and then I voted for Stadium Stampede. Um, no, 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 I didn't. I voted for Cody Rhodes TNT title reign. Um, so Stadium Stampede comes in third there. So maybe that helps uh, answer what you may have thought it did in match of the year. Um, Another interesting one. Uh, looks like Donald Domano finished in last of 21. Shingo Takagi's Never Division was on top of Drew McIntyre's main event elevation. The Boneyard match uh, finished above that with 34 points, but far behind the Stadium Stampede match. So I think we've got our answer in the cinematic uh, realm there. But, yeah, let's get to it, man. Uh, congratulations, John Moxley. Best uh, babyface world title reign in like <laughs> definitely in America in like a decade or more. So, um, yeah, man. Uh, the last award, the famous one, the biggest internet controversy, the IWC award. Um, eventually, I'll think of a new name for it, but whatever. <laughs> um, so, uh, as I mentioned, I think last year this award has changed over time. It has become more like you're just, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it, but, <laughs> um, so our nominees, WWE fires people in a pandemic. <laughs> Evil becomes the IWGP double champion. Speaking out, Kenny Omega goes into Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame. Tessa Blanchard exposed by women's wrestling community as bigot. The Fiend loses the Universal title to Goldberg. Roman Reigns leaves WWE for five months. How wrestling promotions handled COVID-19. And holy shit, I almost fucked up an award here. So, with 61 points, 
and it's fitting the last uh, award it took it takes a long time to count these votes and by the time you get to the, this last one hmm. <laughs> so uh 61 points with 19 or 24 first place 22nd place how wrestling promotions handled covid-19 um with 102 points 51 first place 34 second place WWE fires people in a pandemic and number 1 with 141 points, 99 first place, 42nd place, speaking out. Yeah. Yeah, um, that was second for me. Um, number one for me was all the rest of promotions dealing with COVID and then number two is speaking out, but, you know, um, that, I, I felt, I felt like those were, had to be one and two. Yeah, um, I saw the way the voting was going and decided to spread mine around a little more. But um, I had number one, WWE fires people in a pandemic. I had Evil become an IWGP champion. I had Kenny Omega going into the Wrestle Observer Hall of Fame third. Um, but you just start looking at speaking out. It was it stopped the wrestling industry, I think, right in its tracks. Uh, as, as something like this has obviously happened in other forms of entertainment. And when it pulled up to wrestling, it did not like miss essentially like it was like yeah i'm a spray and i'm hitting fucking everybody so um and wwe firing people in a pandemic absolutely disgusting how they did that and um there was no real need to it was just wwe not even worrying about people worrying about percentage points not even profits percentage points um, and then how promotions handle COVID-19, like, um, you know, for a while, uh, WWE wasn't testing, uh, at one point, uh, AEW was going back and forth, uh, between Atlanta and, or excuse me, between Georgia and Jacksonville, um, and, you know, run the open air stadium. And then they actually, you know, introduced testing, uh, new Japan shuts down for months and months and months. Stardom shuts down for months. Um, I think that, you know, was, was, was fairly big as well. So, um, our last place was Roman Reigns leaves WWE for, for five months. Only two, um, third place votes. Uh, Kenny Omega going into Observer Hall of Fame got, was right above that. Two second place votes, two, um, or two points and then two third place points. Um, uh, but yeah, um, what do you make of all this stuff, man? <laughs> 2020 was a shitty year um and like i think a lot of us had to make choices based off our sanity our beliefs our moral code and um quite frankly um our patience with you know all these different entities that are you know that are in our lives and around our lives based off of decisions they made um, if you're somebody that this year because of COVID and speaking out to say that you're done with pro wrestling, um, I don't blame you. I don't. Um, Rich, we're in the middle of doing this podcast um, as the AFC championship game was going on. Um, that was the second NFL football. or Actually, that was the second football game I watched all season between college and the NFL. The first one was the a the NFC Championship game earlier today. 
Um, my my breaking point was when they sent teenagers that are chasing a dream that the overwhelming vast majority of them will not make getting paid to play football. Um, you know, them not getting paid for that and them sending them out there in like, you know, schools like LSU and Clemson and just don't give a fuck about your kids catching COVID. Right. Like Florida state and Clemson had a, um, I'm getting, I'm going too far down the line, but like the Florida state and Clemson thing is like, I don't, I don't know what the fuck is up with uh Dabble Sweeney. I- I'll leave it at that. But, um, <laughs> like that was my breaking point. It was like, y'all don't care that much, but y'all, but y'all do care about getting this money that y'all are not going to then proceed to funnel to the actual labor. And they're putting the blood, sweat and tears for this shit, trying to chase a dream. And I'm just like, Yo. that was my, that just like, I can't, I just, I just couldn't. And like, if you are a person, which quite frankly should be a lot more people that cannot watch pro wrestling for the number of sex pests in this fucking thing, I get it. And quite frankly, sometimes I think I sit back and I watch myself or watch this stuff and we cover NXT and I'm just, or any show. I'm just like, wow. Like this whole industry has so much more that like given that the shit that we do know about, imagine what we don't fucking know yet. Right. Or we're something we'll right. never know. And it's like, I wish that, or I don't wish, but like, I, I question and feel shame for for watching this stuff. Sometimes I don't think I've ever I don't think I've ever uh, brought that up on the show. But after this year mm-hmm. um, and some of the shitty things that we you know we we dealt with through this year and how it trickles into wrestling because it all this stuff trickles into any facet of life. But it's like sometimes I question why we're still here. Um, the wrestling, the wrestling's great. A lot of hard workers, a lot of big personalities and fun personalities to follow. But like, I, I, I get enough doom and gloom by watching the news, let alone like in going and watching this pastime where I also have to cover the news of that, which is also shit. So, um, yeah. So, I absolutely get why uh, that one. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. Those are your One Nation Radio 2020 awards. Hope you guys enjoyed them. Uh, my overall thoughts when I was going through the awards uh, and counted it all up, I didn't find it personally as compelling as some of the previous years as far as like, man, there's some surprises here. There's cool point stuff, down ballot happening. A lot of this stuff, I kind of, it was ho-hum. It was like, uh, I, and, you know, I credit James for, uh, you know, coming up with some of the talking points here that that we kind of you know blended in here but uh this was a this was a trying year in wrestling and um i think wrestling companies in general adapted as well as they could and in a lot of cases and you've seen wwe erect something like the thunderdome like which is like you know it's we know the the issues with the Thunderdome, the inorganic nature and all that, but like that's something they did to try to make the show better. Uh, and I think you got a credit for them for that. Um, you know, AW like pretty much changed how you shoot these things. And then they figured out, you know, ways to keep the, the, the matches hot with the wrestlers and the expand, expand it to bring it, giving the indie wrestlers work uh, to, 
come in and cheer and, and do stuff like that to try to make it feel kind of normal. New Japan, um, they, they, they flat out shut down, you know, much of the, you know, they followed the template of their country. And I wish, uh, in a way that WWE and AEW were allowed to do so. Um, they, they weren't beholden to, um, you know, weekly television contracts and, uh, requirements of new content. And, um, I don't know, man, but overall 2020, um, it was, you know, it was a very interesting year of wrestling and we got to see, you know, like it, it's a year like, like none other, like a completely original, like we've never seen major promotions like without fans and, you know, and then clap crowd fans where fans aren't allowed to make noise. So, um, I'm got, I'm like trying to work through this every day and wondering when we're going to get back to what we know. And the truth is we really just don't know. So this is like maybe the new reality. Yeah. Until we start getting some vaccines that are worth a damn and start getting them into arms, um, at a, you know, uh, certain standard or certain level. Yeah. That's, that's so whether we're still in the pandemic, uh, clap crowd, limited capacity era for another, uh, let's be real, nine months or another year and a half. We don't know. We do not know. Right. Anyway, um, that's all I got, man. I guess we can, I don't know if you had anything else or we can, uh, get to these, to, to these matches. Nah. Um, I think, I think it's now time to transition over, uh, to that. Um, Last year for the award show, we had our um, guests that were that helped us for our uh, year in review shows for AEW and WWE and Stardom and New Japan, and had them give us their ten favorite matches from all over the world in any promotion. Um, and like, I really enjoyed it, so I had them do it again. Um, but you know, uh, we'll throw to that after we're done. Uh, but. Um, right now, me and Rich are going to do our top 10 favorite matches. So, Rich, will you go first, please? Sure. <clears throat> um, so, number 10 for me, Shingo Takagi versus Tomohiro Ishii, February 20th, New Japan Pro Wrestling. This wasn't the greatest match they ever had. That would be the 2019 G1. However, this might go down as the, their most impactful match. Tomohiro Ishii is flat out one of the greatest wrestlers to ever be under God's son. And this was him handing over the Never Division, maybe for good, to about as good as a replacement as there could ever be in Shingo Takagi. Uh, the moves and sequences weren't the part that gripped me as much as the post-match did. Uh, following Ishii's loss, he uh, he assumed the fight was still going and walked out of the arena under his own power. And one of the most inspirational things I've ever seen in wrestling, even in losing it all, Tomohiro Ishii kept fighting. Uh, number 10 for me, Keith Lee versus Donovan Dijakovic, NXT Portland, or NXT TakeOver Portland, I think that's uh, February 16th. This is the match of all matches between those two in NXT. People will point to the matches that they've had, um, PWG or various indies across the world. I don't give a fuck. Didn't see him. Um, I think that this match is also hurt by the fact that, uh, that people have seen those other matches because of the matches they had leading up to this. Um, and there was fatigue there. But in a vacuum, if you were to show this to someone that has not watched wrestling and has not watched them do their thing before, and you press play, 
you'll be hard pressed not to come away with them uh, saying not having their fucking brains blot their ears to see <laughs> those two dudes do the things they did. It was outrageous, outstanding. Um, and the mat and it had a story at play where Dijak is trying to finally break, uh, being down in the in the series against him, trying to break through break through to the next level by getting past this guy, and his back gives out, and ultimately. Uh, at the end of it, they have respect for each other by the heart that Dijak has trying to beat this fucking guy, turning face in the process, and their friendship, uh, leads to, uh, the set, uh, a great setup for, um, Dijak and, um, oh my god, and blanking on his name, bald head, oh, Cross and Lee, oh, yeah. which didn't get paid off with a bad match, but it, it it was all there because of the respect they had by those two killing it, and it was dedicated to Kobe Bryant um, um, weeks after his tragic passing, and that will always stick to yep. me. That like, So, yeah, that was 10 for me. Number 9, Jordan Devlin versus Tyler Bate, uh, January 12th, WWE. Go ahead and get your laughs out now. The famous gift has been passed around uh, the punches. You guys done? Okay. You ready? This match was absolutely incredible. Neither man came in with a title, and Tyler Bate was looking to send a message about his standing in the hierarchy in NST UK as he had just gone to war with Walter months earlier. These two ran the bases of modern pro wrestling to a T and blew away everything else on the card and was a cool reminder of what can happen when two great guys in the undercard are told, hey, go drop 50. Number nine for me, Kagetsu versus Mako Satomura um, from the from Kagetsu's uh, produced show called Mini Face, uh, her retirement show um, in Osaka, Indian Arena number two, um, I believe it's February twenty fourth. Um, you know, we talked a lot about Kagetsu. It, you know, sure, you know her. She leaves a looming presence um, in NXT, in NXT and starting to this day um, as a you know, as lead trainer, as this super respected veteran that gave her heart and soul to putting over the next generation, um, as, you know, kind of as a, um, way of making good on the, the promises that, that weren't given to her in her career. And to see her wrestle against a person, her mentor, Mako, it was, it was great. Um, a lot of passion. I don't think you ever. I don't think you've seen the match, Rich. But it just it's just a it's just a kagetsu. Everything comes out of the out the gun and out the chamber, and even throw the damn gun at at him at the end. Uh, all the stops are pulled out for it. Just just incredible. Uh, just incredible. Uh, like start to finish, in incredible. Just exhausting uh, finishes sequence of excellent expert wrestling that you know that she's capable of doing. And she was so she, she's so fucking talented and. You know, in Osaka, in Oedo type country, she she leaves um, after putting over her um, her her mentor, the person that got her into the business, and she leaves with Suzuki and Nasuko and um, Natsu Samire on their shoulders. And one of the things when I first um, watched Stardom was just watching like when they were in Osaka because she's from Osaka and like that's the second biggest like town that they visit the most and she, they were super fucking over Oedotai in, in Osaka because of her and for her to fill out that arena um or that that second arena uh you know to get the goodbyes and the and the streamers when they were still streamers and uh 
as she walks off, like you see the Oedo type banners, people holding up the Oedo type banners, like you know, almost like a fucking army. In you know, Oedo type's army is is the thing. And as she's walking off, it was just a it was a great scene, a great moment, a great match, and very heartfelt. And like with the gear and the presentation, where she comes out and she's like in the gear as herself, as opposed to the Oedo type with the eye with the contact and the face pain. It was it was um, it was like watching like that whole show and then watching that match like you see someone grow up and then you see this person come the finalized form of that final complete product and then like she's gone that fast it was it was it was really cool yeah man um <clears throat> number eight kenny omega versus laredo kid december 12th triple a uh the best belt machine rolled into mexico with two belts fresh off defeating john moxley for the aw title to face a man who's been described as a hired gun for great matches in an empty arena kenny omega and laredo kid had a dramatic back and forth display of one upsmanship and took turns subverting expectations as uh, Kenny pulled out his greatest performance on Mexican soil and Laredo Kid made it clear that when the pandemic's over, American companies will be fighting for his services. As much as we knew that the Triple H AAA championship wasn't changing hands that night, Omega and Laredo Kid nearly made us bite on an incredible submission reversal out of the one-winged angel, which is all you can really ask for. Number eight for me, Walter versus Ilya Dragunov for the NXT UK Championship on um, NXT UK television. I think it's October 29th. Um, one of the most brutal physical matches I've ever seen. Empty Arena, and quite frankly, the Empty Arena probably played to its strengths to make it that much um, more of a just you know visceral feeling of the feel of physicality hear the slaps in the chops uh sound and reverb off of the walls to see like the baby face in peril thing that we talk about that like Brock Lesnar does so well we've seen Walter do with with bait and done and anyone else so well and to see it in Dragonoff as a person that's like you you know as a person that just watches NXT UK from time to time just to catch their takeovers whatever else like you like him you wonder if there's more and then you see and just like this dude is just an incredible fighting under underneath fighting from underneath, and it, it was just it's a just an incredible uh, match of brutality and violence, and just a great match. If this if this match is someone's number one favorite match, like I get it, I, I absolutely get it. <laughs> so. Um... Number seven, uh, Takumi Roja versus Mayu Watani, 10-18 stardom. So, this match was the same day as the G1 final and smoked it like it was new op pack. <laughs> Mayu Watani's incredible red belt run reaches Zenith in this match as she fought for her life against a woman who bested her earlier in the year, Marvelous's Takumi Roja. Takumi's striking and power offense made her Mayu's toughest challenge as Mayu didn't so much win this match as she survived it using incredible resilience and displaying the heart of a champion as she refused to drop the title to an outsider. Go out of your way to see this or their prior match from February. You can literally flip a coin between them. Number seven, Kenny Omega in Adam Page versus the Young Bucks Revolution. This match is 
It's uh, it's in a three way tie, and I guess whenever I watch the last one, the last match is the best tag, regular standard tag match I've ever seen. Um, just incredible, the storyline in place with it. Like, even though I had issues with the Hangman character and whether or not I should actually like him, given the the uh, the actions versus the uh, the feeling around him, um, that didn't matter that night. He was incredible. He was a star of the show as he was intended to be. Uh, the turmoil boiled over from Kenny Omega wanting to all have, want to be on his Rodney King shit of trying to all just get along and that shit just went out the window when the, when Matt and Nick just did, had enough of, of, uh, hangman and that bled over to them having contempt for their fucking friend. Um, and quite frankly, you can say that still plays over into the relationship between Kenny and, um, the Bucks to this day. Uh, but just, just incredible. The, the, the golden trigger in the, in the, in the kick at one is just, <laughs> just, just incredible wrestling, <laughs> Olympic level wrestling. Just, just, just absolutely outstanding. Um, and by the end, you know, I, very, very few matches are as from a physic, physicality, work, story, character, long form stuff. Very few things hit it out the park in all those categories. This is one of the greatest matches of all time. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I'll be speaking on that later. But uh, before we get there, number six, uh, Stadium Stampede. Uh, Adam Page, Kenny Omega, Matt Hardy, and the Young Bucks versus the Inner Circle. This is a match that the world needed at the time to laugh and smile. We're not in a much better place now than we were then, but this was the peak of cinematic wrestling in 2020 as the creativity and the match layout nailed every possible note from absurd visuals such as Hangman riding a horse through Jag Stadium to the insane one-wing angel that Sammy Guevara willingly signed up to take that looked like a 20-foot drop robbed of the blood and guts match this was supposed to be stadium stampede now stands in the memories of anyone that saw it live and has a sense of humor it's felt like three walk off uh, like a three run walk off home run by the time it was finished number six for me Finn Balor versus Kyle O'Reilly NXT takeover 31 I believe that was um, October 4th um, we talked about it a little bit earlier it is a it is a top guys launching match if they want it to be Kyle O'Reilly comes in on short notice after winning a five way gauntlet match where he just show he puts people away in ways that he then implements into how he try how he's going to take out Finn Balor along the way in his match and, and, and in the form that match it is brilliant storytelling in that sense and like it is the first time I ever felt Finn Balor was in a fight um, not a wrestling match, a fight. And that's what it felt like from the, the soul, but it, uh, causing the liver shot, uh, that, that put, um, O'Reilly down at the beginning, uh, to the broke, the accidental, uh, broken jaw off, off the, uh, off the jumping knee, jump, running jumping knee. It, it just, just an incredible match. The, the camera shot that we, you know, we give WWE tons of shit for their bad camera work. The camera shot and, of the zoom in on his hands of Finn Balor's hands prying free finger by finger of his grip blocking a arm bar when he slaps on that arm bar was just so 
just such a great camera shot, incredible match, start to finish. Um, loved it. Yeah, man. Number five, Will Ospreay versus Romu Takahashi, 1-4, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Romu Takahashi walked in the dome fresh off of a broken neck and with Will Ospreay perhaps reached the stylistic peak of junior heavyweight wrestling. There's too many incredible moves to count, but you've seen all the gifts highlighted by Will going out and in the ring like a madman. In his swan song to junior heavyweight status, he left the torch with Hiromu in a thriller that saw Takahashi break out an entire new finisher to put down the Brit. This is the unofficial cap to let Osprey's legendary 2019 run, which saw him own a calendar year like no wrestler had done before him. While the junior heavyweight belt may reach bigger heights to come at the Dome, I don't know if it'll ever be better. Number five for me. Mayu Iwatani versus Takumi Roja red belt match um, at the October 18th uh, Corken Hall show for stardom. Whew. Um, Rich talked about it earlier. This is that is this is the second match of it. Um, it's just a, it's just a departure from the first match that was also incredible and we'll be getting to shortly. But just just a flat out war. Like it's like 22 minutes of exhausting, awe inspiring, shocking violence. Um, like I, I still remember just watching Mayu after no selling these incredible forearm shots with smiles after getting her ass destroyed by Takumi, um, in the first match, um, in February, like just smiling off and then like fights her back, fights her back, gets it better of her at one point while she's on the ropes and just let, just hits her with a front kick, hits her right underneath her eye and her, and then, you know, you watch the match as you're progressing. You're just like, is Takumi's face swelling up? Holy shit! Did she break her <laughs> orbital bone? Oh my god! Is this match? This match is going way beyond the pale, and this is like some all Japan women's violence. Um, I I can't believe this. Uh, but ultimately, you know, the finish was plays off of the of the um the first one where, you know, she got dest- Mayu got destroyed by power bombs at the end and. She catches her with by turning a running power bomb to her running and instills the win. Um, she brought the fight after getting her ass destroyed, and then ultimately she ends up beating her by smarting her. Um, just an incredible match, incredible. Yeah, man. Um, number four, Kenny Omega versus Pack two twenty six AEW. When will we see Kenny Omega from New Japan? <laughs> was something early in 2020 we often heard as Kenny was square in the middle of teaming up with Hangman Page and reigning as the promotion's second tag team champions. This is the deciding match in the first series between Pac and Omega, or excuse me, the deciding match in the first series between Pac and Omega came down to this Iron Man match in Kansas City where they had the best Iron Man match ever televised and perhaps the greatest match to ever air on Turner Network Television. Each man is arguably the other's best opponent in AEW and featured a blistering pace that had me in sheer amazement through the first 15 minutes and even a novelty DQ that added another layer to the action. Like Hart and Michaels before them, they used the the overtime period for the finish but exceeded them with the intense, compacted action over the 30-minute and 58-second runtime. You don't see TV wrestling or many matches in general reach this level. Number four for me, Mayu Watani versus Takumi Roja from Stardom, February 8th in Corken Hall. This match, 
came as a late second substitution as Sari, who is headed to WWE, um, had some type of illness, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, maybe, maybe not, don't show up to stardom. Um, and as the last <laughs> second replacement, they bring in Takumi Hiroha, former stardom, per, former uh, wrestler in stardom, ace of Marvelous. And the story in the match is based around Chigusa Nagayo, uh, pro wrestling legend, all Japan women's legend, um, Gaia legend, and her finishing move, the running power bomb they call, that they call the running three. And the, and the story is, you know, after Mayu wins the, uh, Tokyo, uh, or Tokyo sports award for, um, Joshi, um, MVP, um, that, you know, she goes to those, those, you know, the, the, the poor old Illuminati <laughs> meetings and runs into Chigusa and Chigusa all of a sudden says, come through, I'll teach you. You've been trying to use a power bomb. I'll show you how to use my power bomb. Um, and she trains with her and then Takumi says, you know, it took me like two, three years for her to finally teach me that it taught, she taught it to her in like a couple days. Huh? So, um, Mayu is suffer is rest, been wrestling since like November with a uh, with a partially torn rotator cuff, um, and Takumi is the larger wrestler, and Takumi comes in this match and just blitzkriegs uh, Mayu. She has no idea what is happening. She hits her with these fucking abushi kick- kicks, and she doesn't know what to do. She's beating her from pillar to post with a with the biggest goofiest smile on your face on her face that you'd imagine. Like this is like if Brock Lesnar had the smile of the Rock and was just like, yeah, I'm destroying her. It's fun, isn't it? And she just like one of the one of the absolute best wrestlers in the world while just taking a Mayu apart systematically, destroying her arm that already has the bad shoulder, kicking the shit out of her, um, and then Mayu keeps tries to mount a front and tries to say bring it on and then Takumi proceeds to beat her ass more and she keeps coming up with these 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 narrow escapes to try to steal momentum but Takumi's not having it. Um and it gets to the point where Mayu finally gets gets you know, sees some light at the end of the tunnel and thinks she can, she's gonna be able to escape out the back door with a win and she goes ultimately for that running power bomb, and because of the weight difference and the, and the bad arm and the work that was done to it, she collapsed underneath it. And Takumi gets back to her feet and wrecks her again. Gives her gives her another running power bomb. Just lifts up that dead carcass back to its feet, and then power bombs her again and stacks her, and then finishes her. And it's like, oh my gosh, she just absolutely obliterated the red belt champion. There has to be a rematch. And we got it, uh, and we talked about it uh, not too long ago, but it was just an incredible match and shocking results and shocking occurrences in the match. And, like, that was one of the biggest showcase performances of any wrestler I saw this year. For If you weren't someone that was familiar with Takumi um, and you saw her that night, you're just like, oh, my God, this is one of the best wrestlers in the world. How can I go see her? When can I see her again? She was incredible that night. We immediately drafted her in the One Nation Radio and the Social Suplex draft uh, <laughs> after that match. <laughs> well, the thing was, I had saw her in, in Sealand stuff the year before, and then like you had finally saw her, so it was like now you know I'm not tr- now you now you see it for yourself. <laughs> She's so damn good, bro. So fucking good. 
So number three, Azushka Okada versus Kota Ibushi, 1-4, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Swept up in the Night's Tale Love Fest of Wrestle Kingdom 14, some people have decided, seemingly, that this match simply doesn't exist. But I am not one of those people. This was the clear best match of Wrestle Kingdom 14, as they unleashed the second half of what their preview in the 2019 G1 seemed to be. This was a glorious fight with each man brutalizing the other and doing a match I don't think people expected at the time. Instead of a traditional fast-paced action-packed match, Ibushi quietly changed his style to more of a grounded fighter, and Okada met him at any place he wanted to take the action. That match kept just getting hotter and better until Okada walked out as a champion. Uh, then he dropped the title the next day, and this was essentially forgotten. <laughs> Number three for me, Kenny Omega versus Pac, 30-minute Iron Man match from Dynamite. I believe that was uh, February 26th. Um, Rich already spoke yeah. on it. An incredible match. Um, it's what I wanted this promotion to be at the top of the card. And with Kenny Omega on top, there's still time for that to be the case. We'll see. My fingers are crossed. But going into that match, I just thought they they just on paper and from what just from watching them, they make they just make sense. It's just like before you saw Anthony Davis and LeBron James together, you knew how this was going to work out. Like you just, they fit together perfectly. And in a, in a 30 minute setting, they went out there and it was awesome. And like the work that, that pot did on Omega's like arms and the spring of Saturn stuff, just so just amazing. And that, that near fall at the end, as time expires, like just great, just great, great submission near falls great finish great just a great match i just i love the match and like it you know for for people that think that kenny omega isn't some um or is lacking as a clean cut baby face i want you to watch this match and then shut the fuck up <laughs> so that's baby face in the world to me you know but that's me you know? no it's um. like you know like the, <laughs> Look, there are people that think that Kenny Omega is a, a smug dick, and it's like I, I get that, but like there are plenty of smug dicks that were also top baby faces, like in the history of pro wrestling. And it's like that dude in that setting, they were living and dying for him, hoping that he would not tap out. And that was for and think about it, that match was a r- third match in a trilogy when the and it wasn't even pay per view. The pay per view was like a couple weeks later or a week later. The, oh, the pay per view was that Saturday, right? You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's yeah, because they actually something the um the Orange Cassidy thing like literally right after that match. Like yes, mm-hmm. so don't give me this shit about Kenny Omega is is not some clean cut baby face that you that that, that you need to to to, to work when it's like to see Naito is the fuck t- top fucking draw in New Japan. Shut up. Yeah. Uh, so number two, Walter versus Ilya Dragunov, ten twenty nine WWE. The greatest empty arena match of all time. <laughs> Meeting for the NXT UK title, a belt which should be buried with Walter 50 years from now, like they buried the title with Apollo Creed. Ilya Dragunov decided he was ready for Walter. Walter decided otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> the physicality of this match is something to tell your grandchildren b- about. Is every slap reverberated off the walls of the empty building it was wrestled in? This resembled something WWE normally doesn't go toward. Because if you did these matches every month, you would end your career faster than David Starr doing promoted tweets to save his reputation. Oh my god! It was really 
a super tough, smaller guy going against the toughest big man in weight classes matter. I hope they got bonus, and I hope this match isn't lost to time. It's funny because I, I hadn't read your thing, and like we both like the slaps and the chops reverberating off the building in this empty building actually added to the match. That's funny. We both thought the same thing. Um, we never even talked about this match in that way. Uh, number two, Will Ospreay versus Hiromu Takahashi, IWGP Junior Heavyweight Title Match, uh, Russell Kingdom Night One, uh, January fourth. Goddamn. <laughs> Just goddamn. Um, it, it's a match that... Goddamn! You know, yeah. Well, never mind, we can't you know. do that. Oh, yeah. Um, it's a match that, you know, you, you after the year that Osprey had in 2008, or sorry, 19, and Hiromu coming back, uh, you, just, you just think, like, if Hiromu is still a Hiromu, my God, and... That's exactly what they did. Uh, this damn match was incredible. Um, I, like the thing that I remember the most about it was the double, um, the double uh, Sasuke uh, spot, where it's just he Osprey goes for the goes for it. Haruma gets out of the way. He charges him once he lands on his feet on the outside. He suplexes him back into the ring. Um, Osprey ends up back in his feet in the ring, comes back off again and lands on him and just like, this is that's all time spot. Um, the Canadian Destroyer is awesome. Um, he couldn't have put away the time bomb. He breaks out time bomb too. Um, and you look at the year that Hiromu's had as a junior, is like, that dude is, that dude's one of the all time great juniors. He just is. And Osprey, you know, he's one of the best wrestlers in the world. Not to say that Hiromu isn't, because he clearly is too, but it's like, these two are so fucking good that I don't give a damn about your junior heavyweight rules and Hiromu's size. As over as that dude is, y'all need to move him to never and then transition him into the G1 and you, and you know, all this stuff about Evil and Sonata and whatever else. I don't give a damn. You have Hiromu, you have Will Ospreay, figure it the fuck out for the future. Yeah, those are your guys. Well, if they can keep their um, next, if they can, you know, keep their next from snapping. Yeah, but yes, true, yes, true. Yeah. Um. So, number one, Kenny Omega and Hangman Page versus the Young Bucks, two twenty nine AW. When the elite fights, no one hits personal issues out of the park like them. I've never seen a greater tag team match. Callbacks, athletics, story beats, false false finishes, a molten lava level hot crowd, and four men authoring a classic filled with confidence, doubt, and one's desire to not be seen as less than. AW Revolution is going to be a lot of people's show of the year in 2020, and this match is why. The other week I came across the clip of Kenny Omega kicking out of the Bucks version of the Golden Trigger on Twitter, and it immediately dropped me back into the moment where I was storming around my friend's apartment, fired up for my favorite wrestler not going out to his own move from these two dickheads the young bucks however this was hangman's night from the moment he entered the arena and until he scored the winning fall for his team this is another match the bucks can use to tell naysayers to stick it where the sun doesn't shine this gave aw the untouchable match it needed in its young history and the best match of 2020 number one for me kazusha okada versus kota bushi IWGP heavyweight title match Wrestle Kingdom Night 1 January 4th this match had 
this match was the culmination of their G1 preview five-star match <laughs> where we felt like, my God, they just had a match of year contender and we st- felt like they're holding back. And sure enough, the night comes and I'm with Rich, I'm with Jeremy, I'm with uh, Zach as well. And Richard looks over at me and says, hey man, like, we get to a point where like, if these last, if the, unless this juniors match and this heavyweight match main event, unless these two or three, including the, uh, the, the other, uh, part of the final four, the double dash pan out and have, and ha- so we start getting some all time classics. This is not going to feel or be up to par to the standard, uh, one single night of, of, uh, Ruskin that we have gotten over the past, uh, four years. And, we got the juniors match and then we got this match where they had her on a night where Hiromu and Will Ospreay have classic futuristic perfect juniors wrestling Okada and Ibushi do get all of the same excitement and uh, shock and awe and living and dying from the crowd without doing not one single fucking flip because they're that good. An amazing match. I have not watched it again just out of fear that if I watch it more times, I will not love it as much as I did before. Um, I doubt that, but I'm going to, I'm going to just I'm treat like some good treat like some good scotch or something. I'm just going to just, you know, take my time with it. I'm not going to get done with this. I'm not going to get done with this thing in a year. This is, you know, we're going slow with this. So, um, I plan on watching it some, some day. And I just think about it, um, over the years and I'm going to watch it and I'm going to, I'm sure I'm going to love it as much as I did at the time. Um, this is, I still believe this when it happened and I still believe it now when I, I, I thought of it after it happened and I still believe it to this day. I think it's one of the 10 best matches I've ever seen. Um, just like singles wrestling, emotion, physicality, great wrestling. Ex- you feel exhausted watching it. Like it's just, just an amazing match. Just an amazing match. Yeah, man. And those are our top 10 matches of 2020. I want to thank everybody for listening to this. Uh, and looking back at, at the year that was and yeah, you know, fired up now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I I think we have. I think this year when people you know is more under belt, more accustomed, and people get even better at working with you know these kind of, these kind of circumstances. I you know obviously I would never compare the 2020 wrestling to 2019 wrestling, but I do think the 2021 wrestling will definitely be better than 2020 wrestling. And even after you know talking about these awards and giving our top ten matches. I think that is, I think that gives us a lot to look forward to if we, if, because I truly believe we're going to have better, a better year than last year in the ring. Um, hey, and we're on pace. <laughs> so, uh, uh, first couple days of the year. Yeah. 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 So we're off to a good start already. So, um, but yeah, uh, I want to thank y'all for listening. We're now at like, um, I don't know where we are because I actually have this thing, um, moved back, but, uh, we're gonna now throw to everybody else's top ten in a second, but you know, I'm, I just want to, I just want to sign out and, and uh, say that you know, um, 
thanks for listening to us over the over uh, you know the days, weeks, months, and years. Um, this is a fun show that we always do annually, and you know um, we put a lot into this show on a week, on a weekly basis or whatever else, and keep in touch and doing all this kind of stuff. So um, the fact that you know so many people voted, like greatly appreciated. Um, and you know, um, if you hear the show, whatever else, um, you know, hit us up and give us your thoughts on, you know, the, the, the turnout and our opinions on the stuff and, you know, we'll, um, we'll, we'll holler back at y'all. Yep. Yeah. So. All right, y'all. We up out of here. Get ready for 2021. Yep. Later y'all. All right, guys, Jeremy Donovan here from Social Suplex and Keeping a Strong Style, giving you my top 10 matches of 2020. Coming in at number 10, I have Kazusuke Okada versus Shingo Takagi from the G1 Climax 30. Uh, just an incredible main event matchup here with Okada and Shingo. You have the ace of New Japan, the ace of Dragon Gate clashing here in just a great uh, main event style matchup and a matchup maybe you want to see Shingo involved more in the heavyweight main event picture. At number nine, I have Shingo Takagi versus Will Ospreay from the G1 Climax 30. Um, not as good as their best of Super Junior match last year, but just a few notches below that incredible matchup here. This time, Shingo gets revenge on Will Ospreay. Number eight, I have Zack Sabre Jr. versus Will Ospreay from the new beginning in Sapporo. Uh, this was a match that kicked off the Sabre and Ospreay rivalry in the beginning of 2020. We saw Will Ospreay um, keeping up with Sabre hole for hole and seeing the more technical wrestling style of Will Ospreay, proving his, da- his naysayers wrong that he can't actually wrestle here. And this kicked off their feud that led to their rematch at RevPro. At number seven, I have Hiromu Takahashi versus Ryu Lee from the new beginning in Osaka. We've got another chapter in this incredible rivalry. Uh, these guys going back and forth with the chops and the strike exchanges and um, that's the style of pro wrestling that they do best. At number six, I have the Stadium Stampede from Double or Nothing, uh, the Elite versus the Inner Circle. Uh, this was the best cinematic match of the year. Um, and just these two teams, the whole thing was just, this could have went really bad, but it was just done so well. So many great moments throughout this match. I, I love this matchup. So that, that's my number six. Uh, number five, I have Walter versus Ilja Dragunov from NXT UK from October 29th. Uh, this was probably one of the most brutal matches of the year. These guys went out here over delivered in empty arena on a brand that not many people watch, but, uh, this, this match was just absolutely incredible and just amazing effort for what they did here. At uh, number four, I have Hiromu Takahashi versus Will Ospreay from Wrestle Kingdom 14, night one. Hiromu coming back from neck injury and um, just picking up where he left off. And these guys just had an incredible matchup, all the great counters and transitions and spots here. Hiromu busting out his new finisher time bomb, too, to get the win over Ospreay. At number three, I have Kazushika Okada versus Sia Naito from Wrestle Kingdom 14, night two. The conclusion for now of the, the rivalry between Okada and Naito. Naito finally getting that big moment at the Dome by beating Okada and winning the title, being the first double champion. Um, a, a great story, a lot of great callbacks in their matches. One of the best Naito performances of 2020. 
Uh, number two, I have Hangman Page and Kenny Omega versus Young Bucks from AEW Revolution. Uh, this match was a masterpiece with the whole setup and the rivalry and all the callbacks. Um, you had the Bucks doing the golden trigger to Kenny kicking out at one. Uh, you had, um, Hangman, uh, doing, uh, Marty's girl spots. There was so much of callbacks of all the elite and the storytelling and golden lovers and just everything that just came out in this matchup. Just an, an emotional roller coaster, uh, easily the best tag team match of the year and coming in at my, my number two overall. And then, uh, number one overall for me is Kazuchika Okada versus Kota Ibushi from Wrestling Kingdom 14, night one. Uh, these guys just kicked into a whole completely different gear here. They blew their G1 climax match out of the water, which was a near five star match in itself. Uh, just the brutality that these guys, uh, had here. Um, Ibushi busting out the Bomaye, Okada kicking out at one, you had Ibushi busting out the V trigger. Uh, there were so many just great counters and uh, near falls and counters, but ultimately it was the Rainmaker that put Abushi away on this night to move on to night two. And that is my top 10 matches of 2020. Right, so number 10, Sasha Banks versus Bailey at Hell in a Cell. My number three from my top 10 dropping to number 10 in the overall uh, number nine, Tomohiro Ishii versus Kota Ibushi from G1 Climax Night 5. Amazing night. Everybody go watch it. Uh, number eight, Young Bucks versus FTR from Full Gear. The, it's, for some people, it's the best match ever. For me, it's just a really good time match. Right now, interchangeable, but uh, <laughs> I've really struggled. So, number seven, Shingo Takagi versus Will Ospreay, G1 Climax Night 5. The same night as Ishii Ibushi. <laughs> Jesus Christ, what a night. Uh, number six, Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns from TLC. Again, really solid TLC match. Number five, Hiromu Takahashi versus Will Ospreay from Wrestle Kingdom 14 Night 1. Uh, number four, Men's Royal Rumble match from the Royal Rumble. Number three, Kazuchika Okada versus Kota Ibushi from Night 1 of Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, number two, Kenny Omega and Hamman Page versus Young Bucks from Revolution. And number one, Kazuchika Okada versus Tetsuya Naito from night two of Wrestle Kingdom 14. Hey, this is Dr. Chad, a.k.a. the Doc Chad Matthews, author of the WrestleMania era book series, chiming in with my top 10 overall for the year. Number 10, Hiromo Takahashi versus Tomohiro Ishii from the New Japan Cup. Honorable mention to the G1 final, which featured my two, uh, my favorite New Japan wrestler in, in, in Kota Ibushi against a guy who I'm higher on than most in, in Sonata. But uh, number 10 on the list came to a match that really blew me away when I saw it. Seeing Hiromu rise to that level uh, in a tournament against Mr. Tournament in New Japan Pro Wrestling in Ishii, I thought he stepped up as a heavyweight and really showcased that Whenever they really want, they can push him to that next level and no one is going to bat an eyelash. Number nine for me is Finn Balor versus Kyle O'Reilly, his defense of the NXT title at NXT TakeOver 31. Finn Balor comes from New Japan, but even looking back at his work in New Japan as a junior heavyweight, he never really got the opportunity to fully showcase 
a match like this one against a Kyle O'Reilly, where it was nearly 30 minutes of, of, uh, of really hard hitting, strong style wrestling, a lot of catch wrestling mixed in. It's just a great example of what Finn Balor is capable of doing. He had a match with Johnny Gargano earlier in the year that I thought was on par with this one, but this one just a little bit better, giving NXT some representation in my list. Number eight, a tie between two different cinematic wrestling matches, which I thought was uh, certainly a big part of defining 2020 and the pandemic era for pro wrestling promotions. The Boneyard match, which retired The Undertaker and gave AJ Styles a WrestleMania headliner on his resume. The Stadium Stampede match for AEW, a wonderful example of, of how much fun wrestling could be. I couldn't really separate them on my list because as cinematic matches, they both fall into the same genre. They're different takes within the same genre, much like the latter match has subgenres. I think the cinematic match will have to be defined out further than we have to this point as that library of matches increases. But I, I loved both equally. Number seven is... Tetsuya Naito finally winning the big one over Kazuchika Okada at Wrestle Kingdom 14 wasn't really the type of experience that I can admit to having the same resonance with as a lot of people who have followed Naito's entire story, but I am a fan of his. I think that he does tremendous work. I think he deserved that moment. Even if I would have rather have seen it come a little bit sooner, I thought by the time they got to it, it was kind of a little bit of a meh. But nevertheless, I don't think they could have wrestled it any better on the night of and my goodness i mean they packed the two of those guys helped pack seventy thousand people in the tokyo dome across the two nights they were there in early january so kudos to them the entire team just a, a great experience a great story told and a really well done uh, match from both guys number six for me going into wwe drew mcintyre against roman reigns roman reigns to me is the most engaging character in pro wrestling today, uh, hands down. He has absolutely destroyed any and all expectations people could have had for him as a heel. And those were high expectations. He's taken it in a direction that I don't think any of us really thought um, it, it could go, which is great when you have something that, that exceeds your expectations in a way that you never knew was, was coming. I thought that Drew McIntyre had such a great year in 2020 leading up to their clash at survivor series. It was a rare mix of two guys of a, of this generation in the world's preeminent pro pro wrestling promotion, getting the chance to have a WrestleMania caliber headlining match. And I'd love to see it at WrestleMania someday if they can come back to it, but they, they, I thought they really knocked it out of the park. They could have just gone through the motions. And um, I, I don't think, it would have negated um, the the desire to see them face each other again, but I thought they went out and and tore the house down. Number five for me, Oromo Takahashi versus Will Ospreay for the junior heavyweight title at Wrestle Kingdom 14. Uh, really, I mean, you can make the argument. Uh, I know James actually said this in his review, if I recall correctly, that it was, it was one of the best matches, another one of the best matches he'd ever seen on a night that contained two. And quite frankly, it would be hard to dispute that. I think that uh, junior weight heavyweight wrestling, junior heavyweight wrestling in New Japan may have hit its peak that night in terms of the stage, in terms of where both of those guys were at in their respective times. 
as as preeminent stars of the junior heavyweight division. It was uh, a masterpiece that just gets overshadowed, I think, slightly by another one. Number four for me is Sasha Banks versus Bailey at Hell in a Cell. WWE's peak this year was Sasha and Bailey both as a pair and then as renewed rivals. They took full advantage of their opportunity in Hell in a Cell to paint a different kind of masterpiece than that which they produced five years prior at NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 1. I really commend them for that. I think they could have gone down a road that made this all feel a little samey, but they figured out a way to elevate both of them prior to pulling the trigger on their long-awaited rivalry renewal. Bailey this time playing the heel, and tr- tremendous applause, I might add, and Sasha Bailey. Sasha Sasha Banks just kind of hitting her stride as you would expect her to in these big match scenarios. She's kind of uh, now Ms. Hell in a Cell, so to speak. She is as memorable and a Hell in a Cell performer as we've seen in, in the last decade plus. WWE's match of the year, I think, uh, no question, with when you combine all the elements that made that match successful. Number three from AEW, Pac versus Kenny Omega, 30-minute Iron Man match on the February 26th edition of Dynamite. A, a tremendous performance from both. A re- there's a reason why Pac... Um, was always underrated during his time in WWE. And it's because there's really, there, there aren't many wrestlers in the world who can keep up with him. Athletically, he has, he may not have any peers. He, he is the most gifted athlete. Quite frankly, he might be the most gifted athlete in all of pro wrestling right now. And Kenny Omega certainly is known for his athletic matches. So to put them in a 30 minute scenario and let them just go to work, I thought that it was a tremendous showcase, not just of Kenny Omega and what makes him special, but of Pac and what makes him special too. Number two would have been number one in a lot of years, but uh, just the way it worked out. Number two, Kazuchika Okada defending the IWGP heavyweight title at Wrestle Kingdom 14 against Kota Ibushi. The match I would have liked to have seen been the overall main event that night. I thought Kota Ibushi came in with, uh, with the kind of momentum that, just naturally born of him deciding to make the long-term commitment to New Japan. And he's always been great in these big match scenarios, but this one for the IWGP heavyweight championship, I mean, I just don't think that you could have asked for much of a better performance from, from two pro wrestlers at this point in time. There's a lot of legacy that you are forced to follow with these recent amazing IWGP title matches at Wrestle Kingdom from Okada and Tanahashi's trio of matches the last one in particular, to the Omega and, and Okada match in 2017, and then to the Omega and Tanahashi match in 2019. There's a lot to live up to, and I thought that they lived up to that standard quite well. And number one, I think, uh, really to me goes without saying, this is one of the greatest matches of all time. It's already solidified that in my mind. It's just a matter of how high it can climb up the list. It's Kenny Omega and Hangman Adam Page challenging for tag team supremacy and defending their tag team championships against the Young Bucks at Revolution back in February. Not just an all-time great tag team match, but an all-time great match period. You look at it side by side to something like an Okada versus Omega, and I think you're going to find yourself just as satisfied if, if, if maybe because of the storytelling beats that were on display with having four personalities instead of two, it might've simply worked out that we may end up looking back at this as 
probably one of the the great true 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 great matches in pro wrestling's entire loaded history. I think that highly of it. I think that eventually history will catch up to that. So that's my list, James Rich. Thanks for having me on the show and giving me the platform to share it. Hi, uh, my name is Zach Porter, uh, also at Zachupo on Twitter, uh, and I'm here to tell you my top 10 matches from 2020, starting off at number 10. I had, uh, bear with me, I didn't have first names, I put uh, Aoki versus Oishi 4-4 from DDT. Uh, this match probably was one of the funniest matches I think I've seen comedy-wise the fact that it was basically a red light, green light style match where, uh, it, it, with like pure rules, with ROH pure rules, where you had to, you lost a point every, you know, when, at one point there'd be, you know, fight, and then there'd be a, like a minute later there'd be a stop match, and everybody had to stop in their place, not move. If they moved, they, you know, get deducted a point if you lose all three points or if you submit or pin, you get pinned, you, you lost. If you haven't get it, you know, just the rules themselves are just worth watching the match itself, um, whether you have familiarity with DDT or not. Um, all right, number nine, I had the Stadium Stampede match from uh, May 23rd for Double or Nothing. <sighs> match speaks for itself. Just chaos, chaos, chaos. The hell of a finish with that one wing angel through. Uh, <laughs> I believe I forgot exactly what it went through. That you know that black ominous box that you find in a lot of major promotions that folks from high distances go through. Um, <laughs> number eight, I had Risa Sarah versus Rina Yamashita from the nine eight Ice Ribbon Show. Just uh, two badass women in a death match beating the piss out of each other. Light tubes galore. Light tube stops from the top of a ladder. Go watch this match. Um, number seven. Oh, no, I lost my place. Uh, um, I have... Where is it? I had uh, Utami Hayashita versus Mayu Utani's 11-15 stardom match. Uh, this is the big match where... Big U, the big super rookie, Utami finally gets the red belt off the champion, longtime champion, almost of a year now, Mayu Itani. She's come a long way since I first seen her as the in oh in twenty eighteen. I'm just so proud of her. Alright, number six I have where is it? Is the uh, Bucks versus Omega, page 229, AEW Revolution. As as a lot of the you know the guys here on the state on the social suplex say, this is probably the best. This is the best tag team match I think I've seen as well as they've seen. Uh, the match speaks for itself. All right, uh, number four, I have. Uh, Takashi Sagira versus uh, Go Shiyazaki, 12-6 from Noah. Just recent match. Uh, basically, this is just an amazing match between a 50-year-old uh, Takashi Sagira, 
and then the young, not young, I should say, the the more than capable champion, Go Shiyazaki. If you haven't seen this one, I don't think I've heard Chops louder. This is on par with Walter, so if you haven't seen it, check it out. Um, number, let's see, number four, I have, uh, much to Rich's chagrin, I have Naito versus Tanahashi Night 2 G1 30. Uh, what can you say? I don't have an issue with that match. <laughs> okay, I'm good, I'm good. You'll have an issue with number one. Um, but uh, uh, that match was fantastic. Um, just two older aces, black ace, in my case for Naito, uh, just turning back the clocks, having just an amazing match. Um, what can't be said about that? Number three, I had uh, Fujita versus Shiozaki, 3-29 from Noah. The much famous one, everybody, 30 minutes. There's much more than that than just 30-minute-plus staring contest. My favorite part probably had to have been when Fujita, and I have no idea why he decided to do it, opens up a canister of sanitizer, drinks it, spits it out. Everybody's wondering, what the hell did you just do? If you haven't watched it, go watch that. Um, let's see, number two... Uh, I have Takumi Aroha versus Mayu Iwatani from uh, February the 8th in stardom. Um, I can't talk about this match. The prelude up to it, considering it was supposed to be Sari, Sari versus Mayu, things change. Hunter says, uh-uh. T- Takumi comes in. And basically, they made that they, they she made that match better than what it probably would have been with Sari. I'm not going to lie. Um the prelude into it with Jagusa teaching her how to do her running three power bomb, the work, the limb work that Takumi does to prevent that, and that finish where Takumi wins. Uh, sorry, spoiler. And number one, of course, Naito versus Okada, 1 5. Uh, it's years and years culminating into a special moment just to build up. Let's face it, it should have happened two years prior, but the fact that we finally got our moment and then the world went to shit, you know, I'll trade it off. It was a worth, worthy trade-off for me. And, you know, we get after that I get months and months of shit from Rich about Naito, but it was worth it. Rich, everybody in the group, it's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. Watch it. Thank you. <laughs> this is Zach. Peace out. It's worth God, it. I'm so sorry. It's worth going to the pandemic. Are you on your damn mind? What? <laughs> I can't believe we let this on airways. These nights on sales must be stopped. It's worth a global pandemic. Thousands of dozens of dozens of dozens of thousands of people have died. <laughs> hey man, I'm Where's it? Cut this off. Side off, Zach. <laughs> Later, guys. <laughs>